Welcome back to the Hoopsville Marathon, folks. <clears throat> Believe it or not, we are into the supposed scheduled final hour of this ridiculous marathon idea. I don't know who came up with it. I don't know whose bright idea was it to do it four years now. Um, and we've had fun doing it every single year. Last year, we went 14 plus hours. We're not doing that this year. I have switched to tea. Forgive me as I keep the voice alive as we continue along here. Uh, as we go along uh, with the final hour. This is more of our free-for-all time. So fire away question, folks. You can email at d3hoops.com. You can send them on Twitter, at d3hoops or hashtag hoopsville. You can send them on Facebook. We will try and follow. It is actually hard to follow. I love Facebook Live. Like, you can interact with your fans. No, you can't when you're on the other end. Um, we hope you will uh, find a way to do it and join us here. Uh, on the show. Here we got Slated. We're going to kick off the happy hour with a little bit of wackiness, more like a quick fire, with my good friend James Wagner. He is currently the uh, assistant uh, commissioner. I mean, at this rate, he might be the the commissioner. Uh, I love his commissioner. She's a wonderful lady, but she, I mean, if she's smart, she just runs. Wags is there and makes him run the whole ship, but uh, I kid. Uh, he will. Wags will be here in a second. And then, um, then we'll be joined by Lenny Reich again uh, from Mount Union. He's got a couple things he wants to talk about, and we're certainly happy to give him the airtime to do so. And then um, we'll get Ryan Scott in here, at least those three, maybe others to join us. This has gotten to be a free-for-all at times. I know Ira Thor has threatened to Skype in. I think Chris Mitchell Skyped in one year, if memory serves. It gets a little wacky at the end, and we just have fun talking Division Three basketball. I promise you this much. Unless we have to, there probably won't be a break the rest of the way. Well, we break after Wags' segment. But after that, we're pretty much going to go for it free-for-all style here. That's how we ended up at 14-plus hours last year. Uh, hopefully, we're not that crazy. Again, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, and a little side note to Wags. No, I don't do have that logo. Um, so at some point, maybe we'll get it in there at a later time. Anyway, so uh, we're going to bring in uh, my good friend. As oh, I, got, I should maybe put his name in here. His name is James Wagner. Um, he has been a, a feature of this show and other things that we do uh, often and um assistant commissioner right sir i'm just typing in a graphic that i hadn't made you would have thought i would have known about this show uh, with some time to go and apparently uh i didn't know it enough to get wags's graphic made so uh getting to that now and wags will join us in soon as i got that ready and i do and we go to skype sponsored by the city of salem wags joins us in skype sir hello and welcome to the fun Hello, sir. Uh, I've been on and off all day listening to you and watching you. And as always, many people have come on and said thank you for all the hoop support you've done to D3 Hoops and D3 Athletics in general. We appreciate your efforts, and it's good to talk to you on this Thursday evening, Groundhog Day, here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And so as a surprise to all of you about this Groundhog Day, we will now recycle the show at the end of this hour and do it all over. <laughs> no, we will not. No, though I was tempted to, as a joke, to repeat a segment just to see if anybody was paying attention. Uh, hey, listen, we're in the we're into the fun part here. And by the way, thank you for your kind words. I forgot to say yeah, that. My pleasure. Anytime. Um, we are into the we're into the crazy part of the season. So that's why we have this crazy show and, and crazy part of the show. Um, it's uh, all hands on deck at this point in time and buckle your seatbelts. We have got a lot going on in Division three basketball. 
including the women's side, which right now has more losses in the top 25 than the men do this week. Yeah, the top 25 always towards this end of the year starts to fluctuate. And being a former top 25 voter, as you get to this point in the year, you, you take a real hard look at, at what your not as much as the, the the bottom 20, the bottom 10, but the top 10, because they fluctuate a little bit here and there. Um, but you, this is where some losses that you don't think are going to happen and some wins that you're like, okay, maybe that team kind of pulled one out there, um, even though they were projected to win by 40. Um, that's what you got to kind of watch out for here in the, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, it's certainly what gets interesting. Regional rankings start coming out. We start trying to figure, really figure out you know, the pulse of the committee. Uh, we did not get a chance to talk to Women's Basketball Committee Chair Bobby Morgan on this show. Um, not out of uh, effort. Uh, we certainly tried. To be honest, she is under the weather. Oh. Apparently may not even have a voice. Um, going to push it with her. Uh, hey, how come you're not on our show? We certainly we did try, and we left a, a little bit of flexibility here tonight to see if we could get her on. We will do our efforts actually to get her on Sunday, so we can still talk to her ahead of the um, regional rankings. Is our goal um, good to talk to Calvin's uh, coach and and commission and committee chair this year? One thing that I that I think we got to stress, Wags, a lot of people see the great work from Matt Snyder. And his numbers. Mm-hmm. But the one thing we got to remember is nobody realizes is Matt is putting his teams together, but he's not necessarily taking into account all of the criteria. He's just using data and some of the stuff he has. He's not going deep into it. So, for example, he's got John Carroll, I think, number two in the Great Lakes region of men's basketball. I don't see that happening considering they've lost to six teams and four of them are sitting behind them in the rankings. Yeah, the first couple of regional, first regional rankings, they, this week they had their test run. Um, the region of the rack called and just kind of put together their mock rankings for the first week uh, with the first week coming up. And, you know, you, you, you base it on your hard date, your data, but then you do the six column format and the six criteria. And then you say, okay, these are how they start to take shape. And you kind of wonder, okay, a team that's so good, why are they at four or a team maybe is not so good? Why are they at two? And it's that six, that six criteria that they use that guides you to your top eight teams, depending on your region. I know there's a couple of the regions that have like six or a couple other ones. Not this year, actually. Uh, Really? They're all eight? Okay. uh, Well, kind of. Uh, They are allowed to use a percentage. So something that we talked to to, um, uh, Kevin about actually at the beginning of the season is that the men's – women did this a couple years ago, and people don't remember it. Um, You're allowed to use a percentage, a, a gap. So let's I'm going to make this number up because I don't believe it's accurate. I think it may be in the in the handbook, but I don't remember. Let's say it's 12 to 17 percent. So 12 to 17 percent of the of the region can be um, ranked. Um, the women took advantage yeah. of this a couple of years ago and made some changes. That's why our regions have been different. The men decided, you know what, we want this as even as we can make it. So they got everybody to eight if they could get everybody to eight. Great Lakes is going to be at nine because they can't get it any smaller. And New right. England will shrink down to 11 because right. they can't get it any smaller. So. The advantage to all that is, at least now, in his interview, they're looking at somebody who's got X amount of regional results. They can say, well, that's a little bit more on par than last year when you're like, well, how many teams are ranked in that region? 13? Well, they've only got six. Do I really start comparing this? And as he said, they pretty much started throwing it out because it was hard to say, well, they've only got three games against opponents. Well, there's only six regions. They've got 10 games against regional ranked opponents. Well, they've got 13 you know, where's the where's the the commonality here? So a little bit of a roundabout answer there. But uh, there you go. We uh, eight in all regions except Great Lakes. It'll be nine and New England will be 11. This is on the men's side. Women's side made no changes. Again, they had already made those changes previous time. 
Does everybody get that? There'll be a pop quiz later. I got it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. Hey, um, I talked about the FDU Florham story at the beginning. I know you're kind of up in that neck of the woods. It's in your region. I'm sure it didn't go unescaped to you in some way. Any thoughts on that? I know you've probably seen that team in action as well. I have you, and it's, you know, I know that I don't know the full story about what is going on or what has happened. I obviously listened to um, what you had talked about and read your story on d3hoops.com, and um, you know, I hope I know Ken Andrews is the executive director of the MAC. Um, I know people at FDU Florham who were former athletic members who are currently in the athletic department. Um, and I know that the president and you and I were talking about off air. The neat, the unique thing about FDU Florham is their branch campus of um, FDU main campus, which is in Teaneck, New Jersey. So, you know, you were talking about the president, and I alluded to you that I think that they have a president that operates and. and both campuses so it'd be interesting to see how that works out um i know that the mac with the teams that they have and the ken andrews and his staff do a, a dynamite job um ken has been one of my mentors um now looking up to him for years you know now being an assistant commissioner along with steve Ulrich at the centennial conference and of course my boss adrian mulligan who done a dynamite job in her first year and she's yes, been absolutely. there for the last four years as the assistant um taking over for jen debeau who was a great commissioner still is in the western part of the country now um, and learning from her and the ins and outs of how you, I equate being an assistant commissioner to being like a parent. You oversee your kids who are your conference schools. We've got two great members in our conference. We've got two associate members who are outstanding for track, um, and they all get along. There's all a common goal. And once in a while, you step in here and there if there's a disagreement, and that's about it. You let them play in the sandbox nicely. So I know Ken Andrews and I know FDU will we'll get to the bottom of this, and you know it's it, it hurts a little bit to to see this. Suffer, um, but I hope that this can be resolved quickly, and you know, FTU can get on with what they need to get on with. Yeah, and, and we'll see what the answer is. I was just kind of curious. As an administrator, you certainly have to deal with things. I wouldn't say like this, but you have to deal with minutia like this um, that is outside the game, that is outside what we want to be talking about or dealing with. Um, and so I always like to get a different point of view as much as we possibly can. It's it's like you do deal with stuff on the administrative level. Once it get past the ADs and the presidents, it comes up to our level once in a while. We just need to be in the know because the NCAA, if they step in and have to make a decision, you know it affects it affects the school as far as conference goes, whether they're allowed to participate in the postseason tournament, whether conference teams counts against them. So. You're kind of in the know about it. You don't want to be too much in the know, but you need to know what's going on in your own backyard so that you can make decisions as such that not only affects that school, but affects your other conference members as well so that everybody's on an even playing field. Uh, Talking to Wags, a graph. uh, Yep, you just saw something pop up in front of him. I am trying to shift it to another screen. If those of you don't realize, the money that you've donated to Hoopsville has allowed me to build a pretty neat studio. Uh, Gordon and Ryan will get a chance to to experience that studio at a later date, but I had to move a screen that I had kept on the right over to the left, but the only way to do it was to cover wags up there for a moment, so I apologize. Uh, we don't have a lot of you watching. I don't understand. Let's go, folks. This is the Hoopsville Cla- uh, Marathon, and we're into the fun part of the show. Let's go, let's go, let's go. If you got questions, email them or tweet us. Oh, somebody just uh, noticed. I, some people are saying there's stuff about lip sync. I understand. Uh, I can't fix it. 
without stopping the broadcast. I have a feeling I may have made a mistake earlier while trying to get Facebook back up. There's a chance that I caused the sync, but I don't know, and I can't fix it without stopping it. So I apologize for that. Uh, some people watching on Facebook Live, we hope you'll continue to do that as well. Um, let me switch gears. Let me talk about number one team in the country in men's basketball. You're a former voter, so you probably have an opinion on this. Babson is number one. They have one loss. It's to Amherst in double overtime at Amherst mm-hmm. at, at, at the at the formerly known as Lord Jeff's Gymnasium, Lafrac. Question I get, and and nothing against you, Todd, but I'm going to call you out as a Northwest fan. <laughs> um, thoughts on 19-1 Babson at number one in 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 a weak New Mac as versus 19-0 Whitman in a much stronger Northwest Conference, sweeping Whitworth and beating Mar- Marietta. Here's what I told him, and and one second, okay. I haven't gotten into the details, but I said I think we're going to have a problem with ma- saying that the New Mac is weak and the Northwest Conference is strong. Right. Um, I'm going to go out and say this now. The bottom of both conferences is not strong. So right. we'll start there. I will argue that the Northwest has improved. Still not, I think, on par, or it is on par at the most, with the New Mac. By no means is the New Mac weaker. Mm-hmm. Um, MIT is a darn strong squad. Springfield is is good, though the record is down. In the New Mac, we're talking four or five teams usually, uh, even in a down year. In the Northwest, we're talking basketball. We're talking about two. Right. Um, Whitman and Whitworth. And only now we're talking about two because normally we only talk about one. So I don't think we can go out and say that the Northwest Conference is stronger. And thus, I don't think I can give Whitman, and this is why I'm not voting number one, the credit for dominating that conference i have given them credit for beating whitman twice but i can't move them any higher than number two because i've got babson right. one and i know babson has a loss but again add amherst in double overtime now amherst has taken a few losses now and maybe you could say oh maybe that moves babson down well marietta isn't as strong as they were when whitman beat them and if if anything whitman beat them while they were derailing off the tracks right so and I watched him play Worcester, and I wasn't that impressed. And by the way, Babson has arguably the best player in the country. Ty Saban can make a good argument here, and that's why I say arguably. But Joey Flannery is darn good, and if you need a game put on his back, he will do it. And it's a fascinating thing to watch. That's why I have Babson number one. If you were voting, would you give Whitman, who's undefeated, the the nod here, or would you also go with Babson? And I think... Whatever I, you're, I, yeah. I, I think I'd go with Babson. I mean, uh, I'm not no disrespect to Whitman. My good friend Greg Petkoff is the SID out there, and I have on, um, you know, looking at, you know, I think Whitman is a little bit. I want to say they're not. How do I want to say this? They're they're hampered a little bit out there because they can play the Northwest Conference, but Babson, like what Babson can, can hit, swing a, a rock 500 miles and hit a zone in D3. Whereas Whitman can swing a rock and only hit X amount of schools. So I think Babson has more opportunity to get out of their own conference and play the Amherst. There's, look, there's no shame in losing the Amherst any, in any sport. You know, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, there's no shame in losing the Amherst. I mean, they're, they're, they're using three power for so long. So I think I would go with Babson at number one. And I saw a little bit of Babson last year when they beat Susquehanna. Uh, in the second round of the NCAA tournament. So I did see them, and I'm kind of familiar with what they are. So, But, you know, Babson slips up one more time in conference, and you can go with Whitman. If they, they run the table in their conference, they certainly have for one. But I think, you know, comparing, kind of not comparing apples to apples, but I think Babson has that unique 
opportunity that Whitman kind of doesn't have is that they can go and they can play out of conference a little bit because you don't know if Whitman, what if Whitman comes east and plays teams in the NUMAC? What if Whitman comes east and plays teams in the NJAC? You know, how are they going to, same way Babson, what if they go out west? And they play oh, I think Babson would kill out west. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's all dependent upon, like, you look at you look at the whole body of work and what they've done at a conference. I mean, I, I can say, for example, when I was at Ursinus and in 2008, we made the Final Four. We had two losses, one to Williams and one to Immaculata, which I don't know how we lost that game. But, you know, it's just it just happens when you have these different teams, when you match up with different teams in the conferences out here. Uh, it happens. But uh, we ran the table in the Centennial, won the Centennial. So, um, you know, I, I think Babson gets a nod just for the simple fact that they can jump out of conference here and there and play more teams than, than Whitman can. Yeah, and that's – for Whitman, but listen, Whitman's playing very well. I'm still a little reserved. Uh, Coach Bridgeland's, Bridgeland's done a nice job out there. My concern is, again, there have been games. Now, the last game against Whitman or Whitworth definitely impressed me, but they've had games where I'm like, well, if you're really that good, you should have put your foot down. Yeah. Um, and they haven't. Uh, Worcester is a game. I watched it. I'm like, God. Well, besides the fact, and Petkoff might get angry here, but besides the fact their web stream drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about putting cameras on either baseline and switching between the action between the two of them and no camera in middle court? But anyway, um, outside of 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 that, I mean, the game came down to the end and Whitman tried to throw it away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I have Whitman, too. Doesn't mean I don't change my mind. I moved Ramapo to number three this week. I apologize, by the way, to all you who enjoy my blog. I intended to put it out again, but two weeks in a row, it's ironic, the two easier weeks I've had voting in the last three years were two weeks I had other things to do during the week and didn't have time to get out my blog. I went to a particular lunch up in Philadelphia last week that ended up derailing my plans, (laughs) and then this week I had this particular show I was doing, which derailed my plans. Um, So listen, Whitman's good, but Whitman's also going to have to, and I I feel like I'm harking back to when I talked about Buena Vista way back Buena Vista. Uh, <laughs> and I kept saying, you need that Thursday game. Whitman needs to do something in the NCAA tournament more than just last year. Last year, everyone's going to be like, wow, great job, flash in the pan. If they don't get out of that first weekend, Whitman doesn't. This is all for naught, and we go right back to dis- discounting them in a heartbeat. Right. I agree. Um, Whitman's got to prove themselves in the NCAA tournament if they can. And remember, Whitman's new to this. They yes. only emerged late last year. Yes. So, you know, Babson's been in this conversation. So changing a voter's mind of what they're seeing and understanding is hard. Um, is it unfair? Maybe. But again, every school at some point has had to prove themselves. Right. And I've been doing the history of the top 25 and slowly working my way through it. And it's amazing to watch teams try and prove themselves. And it's also amazing when voters jump on board, especially back before web streaming. I'm telling one team that went from unranked to number one, I believe in three weeks. Wow. And it we, we didn't web stream at the time or it was an in infancy and it blew my mind. Nowadays, I think with web streaming, there's a less likelihood of that because we can see teams now. And it wasn't I mean, a bad choice to send them that fast. I just mean it's a different dynamic now. We do see who Whitman is and. Some mm-hmm. of us voters have concerns. Go ahead, sir. And and I, and I think you like you you talked about this is that when you get in that tournament, if you're 25 and 0 and you get knocked out in the first round, people remember that. I mean, you could have a great season, but then it's when it comes back up, like they're 20 and 0. Oh, but last year they got knocked out in the first round. If you go in there and you do damage, you get to the elite, you get to the quarterfinals, or you get to the semifinals. 
I mean, they'll remember that. Um, you know, you get you make that deep of a run, and and that to certain teams only happens once every ten years. But if you can repeat your success in the tournament year in and at least get to the third round, then people will start to remember you. Like, okay, I, I've seen Whitman play, you know, in the tournament, and they got to the third round, and they got to, they got to the South, or they got to the South final, or, or whatever. So I, I think if you get in the tournament and you do damage year in and year out, you'll get you'll get recognition like that. Like I said. Being undefeated is great. I mean, look at in the Division One level. Look at Gonzaga; they're undefeated, and they just got the number one this week. I mean, Villanova was number one. Kansas was number one for a while. You know, it, it takes a while of recognition um, to 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 build up that that resume. Like, okay, we deserve to be number one again. Babson loses tomorrow, or Babson loses this weekend. Oh, Whitman's number one. Think, Whitman's number one. Yeah, they have to be. So, yeah. um, it's just the simple fact, that, and in my mind, is that Whitman. Compared to Babson, Babson's able to swing a stick and, and hit more out-of-conference opponents than, than Whitman can. And by the way, that is also a knock in the Northeast. There's a lot of people who talk about the fake SOSs that come out of the NESCAC because the, the NESCAC can go around with a, a single except for a couple teams who do play a second set, um, and go hit the top of every conference and do well. You know, The trick here is if you're going to play to improve your SOS, you either play or, or, or be in a good position. You play the top of, of, of even bad conferences. You play yes. the top. You um, play the top because— or you play the middle uh-huh. of, of tough conferences. You play the top because if you can latch on to that anchor. Like, yeah. I, will, I will say, for example, in our own conference, Keystone men's basketball went and played. Um, Keystone played Amherst this year, mm-hmm. right at the end of the year. And I looked at that on the schedule and I said, okay, like, I admire Keystone for sticking their neck out. And, and some people say, well, why is Keystone playing Amherst? And I told them that Amherst wants to play. What him. if, well, what's Amherst wants to play him? And number two, what if something happens and they beat Amherst? Now they've got to latch onto that NESCAC anchor. It helps our conference. Like, okay, look, one of our teams just beat one of the top teams in NESCAC. And it doesn't matter if it's Amherst, it's Williams, it's Colby, it's, it's, it's Bowden, it's Tufts. Yeah. You beat a NESCAC team, you stick your neck out there. Like, hey, we beat a NESCAC team in any kind of sport. Yeah. So you have to stick your neck out there. And it, you never know what happens in the same way. Like if you figure out, like I, I think one of the examples was for years was, you know, FNM would play Lancaster, and you'd be like, why is why is Glen Robinson playing Lancaster Bible? Well, obviously they're two miles away, but Lancaster. There's Bible, a lot of reasons why. Yeah, it's an out of conference. It's it's an original <laughs> game, but they were always good in the NEAC. And so it's a home you, game. And it's a home game basically in Literally. the backyard. Yeah, and but. But that's how the system. That's how the six-column yeah. system works. Yeah, and, it's and on listen, the road and it's a top. And I'm not putting down Lancaster Bible. I've seen no, them no. play. They're very good. But Glenn figured it out that you can go and you can play top team in, in a conference. Doesn't matter what conference it is. They're kind of conference blind. But you beat a conference champion. It helps your SOS. And by the way, we're getting into the minutia here. But a lot of the reasons the multipliers out there for conference, Worcester and F and M, who also park themselves at home. Uh, this is a saying of, hey, we're not going to reward you because you, you build up these incredible records with, while, while never leaving your gym except when the conference tells you to. And so that's why we also have the multiplier in place. And notice, Worcester's gone out of the house a little bit more often. F&M has gone out of the house a little bit often. But I remember having an argument with F&M a few years ago when I didn't rank. We did this great thing, and I wish Gordon would bring this one back. Gordon, if you're listening, you should bring this back. Or Ryan, maybe you can spearhead it. We did it once. I took a page out of football, and we basically had some hot, uh, hot questions uh, for Pat Gordon and I, and one of them was, who's overrated? And every team, and I picked F&M. I got raked over the coals. 
But when I looked at it, I said, the only team you played out of conference on the road was Lancaster Bible, and it's five minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to buy in. And, and, the, the, and since then, that has changed. Um, we can get a lot into more into this, but I know I want to get Lenny on. I got another question I want to get to you on, and then we'll get Lenny on the show. Sure. Uh, um, broadcaster for Salisbury chimes in, says, what are your thoughts on Salisbury men's basketball for the NCAA, also CAC sports men's basketball action at the moment? Um, I looked up their SOS according to Knight Slappy, Matt Snyder. As of right now, they have a 558 SOS with a 15-4 and Division III record, which is also their overall record. I think Salisbury is in terrific shape, no matter too. how this turns out, unless they tank the rest of the season. Uh, the win over Wesley is big for them because that is a tough place to play, and Wesley always trips somebody up like Salisbury. Salisbury also lost to Wesley earlier. And the um, win over and the win over Christopher Newport. Newport is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, Salisbury's zero and two at Las Vegas didn't hurt them as much as they thought it was going to, and I had said that at the get go. Um, they played a YX school, right? No, they played an NJAC school. They played Ramapo and they played uh, they played Harden, uh, Harden Simmons. So mm-hmm. they played two very good teams from distances. The ASC is underrated. The NJAC's having a good year. That helps their SOS. Their SOS is a five. 58. It is going to go down a little bit, but I don't see it going south of 540. They're in good shape. I mean, look as at their, long as they don't tank. Yes, and look at and look at their non-conference schedule right now. They beat oh. Goucher. They beat Staten Island, who's in Atlantic Power. They beat Johns Hopkins, yeah. who's who's very good. They beat a Virginia Wesleyan team, who's very good. They beat St. Mary's. Uh, you know, they beat Christopher Newport. They went toe to toe with Ramapo, who's a very good team. I've yeah. seen them, and they're probably well, we'll talk about that later in the Atlantic region. They're one two, I think, with Newman. Um, and you know, they look at some of the games that they've won. They lost York on the road, okay, by four. Lost in Newport down there by two, which is a very tough place to play. Yeah. And they've got York. They've got Penn State, Harrisburg left. They got Southern Virginia, St. Mary's, and Prosper. They've got five games left, and all of those can be winnable. So, how I many think of those are on the road? Uh. Two, the last two are on the road, St. Mary's and Frostburg. Frostburg's tough. Yeah, tough on the road. So um, so I, I think I think Salisbury is in good shape. Now, once again, it's the full body of work. You've got to get you can't go into your conference tournament and tank. You no. can't well, go and here's the thing. If they can get to the like, conference oh, they can get you know? to the conference tournament, I think even a loss in the quarters is okay if they haven't taken a loss yet. If they take a loss before the end of the season, I think they gotta get further in the conference tournament. They can't they need to pick up as many wins as they can just mm-hmm. to secure themselves. If they pick up a couple more losses between now and then, I'm worried. And as far as the question of how is the CAC doing, I had said at the beginning of the year, I thought this would be one of the more fascinating races to watch, and I'm disappointed. Uh, Christopher Newport isn't good. It's not because Salisbury isn't good. St. Mary's didn't pan out like I thought they would. Marymount isn't as competitive as I thought they were going to be. Mary Washington isn't as competitive as I thought they were going to be. York lost their center to a knee injury early on or about halfway through the season, so they ended up not being as competitive, though York is certainly in Salisbury. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, it didn't turn out race-wise what I thought. Now, on the women's side, it most certainly has. But on the men's side, it just didn't materialize like I thought. Now, hats off to Christopher Newport and hats off to Salisbury. Those two teams are on top, and they're pulling away. You still have to watch out for Mary Washington and York. You still have to watch out for St. Mary's and Marymount. But I yes. and unfortunately, it it wasn't as competitive of a season as I was hoping for. And uh, that's just my opinion on that. So, Chris, thank you very much for the message. You've got more messages. Email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com or tweet us at d3hoopsville. Ira is, or uh, Lenny's going to come in here in a moment to check. Um, 
as uh, Wags, anything more before I get Lenny uh, chiming in? No, and, uh, and uh, we were going to talk about the Atlantic region here in a little bit. Now, I'm new to this region. For those of you who have followed me on the show, I was, I'm was i a big mid-Atlantic guy, so I'm learning a new region. Um, you know, in the Atlantic region is the the Cuniac schools, the us and the CSAC, the Mac Freedom, and the Skyline. So um, I'm kind of learning a little bit more about our region, um, and there are some very talented teams in our region. And, and actually, that, that – uh, the thing you were talking about with the strength of schedule, the 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 link that you tweeted out earlier today, I mean, I thought that was great. That's the first time I had seen it all year, and I, I will definitely resource it and retweet it and and you know yeah. source it um, to look and see that you know Newman and Ramapo are one two, and Newman obviously being in our conference and we're being housed at Newman University, um, they're a very good team. I've seen them twice, um, you know, but, but you can't forget. Uh, a Cabrini team and Tim McDonald has done a great job. Jim Rillo's done a fantastic job with Newman. Their wins, they've beaten Scranton, they've beaten Catholic, they've they've beat some teams here in the Mid-Atlantic region that are real powers. Uh, and he's done a phenomenal job with that team. They're soon defeated in the conference so far. Uh, Tim McDonald at, at Cabrini has done a great job with his team. Uh, Taheem Monroe is one of the best players I've seen in a long time, and it seems like Cabrini keeps providing these players that are really good. Uh, John, um, you know, kind of reloaded this year. I saw them at the beginning of the year. And the Battle of 309 against the Arcadia, very good team. And I uh, cannot forget my buddy Bobby Hughes. Big win last night for Rosemont, defeating Cabrini in front of a packed audience at Rosemont, which if you've ever seen Rosemont Gym, is about 150 people, but they had him packed in on sides. Um, but a big win for, for Barney and what he's done. And, and, you know, you look at our, our separation now in our conference with the 12, with the 10 teams on the men's side, you're starting to see that, a little bit of that separation from the top six. Obviously, Tim Ficino, what he's done at, at uh, Centenary to keep them mixed. And, and Jason... At uh, Immaculate, brand new coach was hired in July. Um, they got a real rough start, but he's guys to win. And all our teams are competitive. You know, you know, you look at Marywood has played. Um, they went up and played Binghamton earlier this year. Uh, Enrico Mastriano's done a, a good job up there, and he'll turn that program around. Clark Summit uh, played Liberty uh, in the beginning of the year. Uh, Cairn University, located over here in Langhorn, um, they played Liberty uh, in a scrimmage. Uh, they do a nice little job. So. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good teams. Of course, Keystone, as I said, mentioned, played Amherst. So we've got some good teams in our conference, a lot of good parity. But uh, the last couple of weeks are going to be a dogfight with our teams. But if Newman keeps going, I think Newman, as I said to to my boss today, Newman probably would have a good shot to host the first or second round. If you've ever seen this facility, it's yep. gorgeous. It's brand yep. new. It's been around like five or six years. It's great to see a game. Um, they can play their cards right. They can host, you know, one, two rounds. Real quick, uh, I want to point out, and Jack, watch out. Um, your SOSs are way lower than I expected. Ramapo's a 475. New Jersey City is a uh, 487. As uh, Wags will be back with you in just a moment. I got Lenny coming in, and I know Lenny's joining. I'll be with you guys in just a second here. Um, though, Lenny, we don't have your video there, but I'm um, assuming it's coming. Um so the four uh, four seventy five for Ramapo and the four eighty seven for New Jersey City concerns me um, greatly, uh, and I think we need to. Uh, I think the NJAC's got to get to grips with it. Now they've got New Jersey City. Oh, we lost Lenny. We'll get him back. Uh, we have New Jersey City. Matt does down in the eighth slot. I think they'll be higher. They're sixteen and four. They've got wins with teams ahead of them, though they split with TCNJ. As I have apparently lost all of my people on my call, which is rather. Interesting. Uh, we will try and get them back. Maybe it was my end. Uh, there's Lenny, and we'll get Wags here hopefully momentarily. Um, again, um, I'm a little concerned about the end jack here, and I'm hopefully they will be able to get back here uh, somewhat soon enough. Uh, 
as well. well. Lenny, I see you there, bud. We'll get you in a second. I've somehow, I do hear you. You do not hear the broadcast does not hear you. We'll get you there in a second. For some reason, my call waiting is not working. Uh, I'm not really sure why. I uh, would love to tell you, folks, but uh, we'll figure this out. Um, Wags, we'll get you back, buddy. I'm not sure what's going on with my Skype tonight, but uh, we're going to go to Lenny here. As Lenny had a couple more things he wanted to chime in on with us. Uh, buddy, welcome back to the Hoops Hill Show. Thank you for joining us via the uh, Skype. Um, you had a couple p- p- bits of business that you and I did not cover when we talked last night. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm happy hour. There was probably, you know, you can probably <laughs> hear a crack. You know, there you go. We're officially in nice, happy nice. hour mode. So. I should probably tell everybody the tea I've been sipping on had something extra in it. Well, uh, you know, I can tell you just for you, there's uh, there's something from Heilman's over here. So. Very nice. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, um, yeah, no, there were, yeah, definitely a couple other things, uh, you know, wanted to get to. I thought we did a great job with the Great Lakes. But I think one thing that's been going on, uh, this is our third year doing it, uh, great cooperation with the United States Basketball Writers Association and picking a national player of the week. Um, uh, thank enough the leadership that uh, Jeff Bernstein at NYU, the SID at NYU has done, putting this whole thing together and Ted Ganji from the USBWA and those folks. You know, there was a Division I and Division II National Player of the Week for a long time and hadn't been a Division Three Player of the Week. And thanks to Jeff's uh, leadership and initiative, he got that um, that program going and there's nine of us on the committee, Jeff being the chair, myself. I actually cover a lot of conferences in the uh, Midwest. Each each group of us split up about five or six conferences. So I've got mostly some Midwest to slash upper Midwest conferences in my thing. Kristen Martin, who's at uh, Wheaton College in Massachusetts, she tag teams with me. She covers the western part of the United States. Um, then also... Are in the East. We've got John Nevis at Baruch and um, um, Amy Canfield at Mount Holyoke. They cover the East. Um, we've got the South, Justin Parker at Trinity and uh, Stacy Corey at Brockport. Um, and then in the Midwest, we have Mark Atkins at Manchester and Chris Mitchell at Wash U. And they, um, you know, so we get together every week. On Monday, all of us put together who we think is the top players out of our region. And then uh, we go on to that call on Tuesdays and, um, you know, pick a national player of the week. So it's been a really great program. Uh, People like James and other conference SIDs have helped us get the word out and promote it. And so it's it's gone really well. Yeah, I think it's (laughs) Wags as Wags is back. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely a neat program. It's fun to watch from my point of view. Um, great to also learn, Lenny. Let me just say, great to learn more about that organization uh, at recent Cosida. As you guys pulled me aside, and now I could grill you with some questions. I'm like, who are you really? Um, you need to talk to you guys about that. Well, we've had some healthy debate, and I think the one thing to tell people is that you have to be a conference player of the week. You know, we we rely on the conference SIDs to get us uh, their nominations for uh, player of the week. And then, and then we go through those Player of the Week nominations and try and pick the best one. Some weeks, it's pretty cut and dry, and we're on the phone only for a few minutes. Um, other weeks, it's not that cut and dry, and, <laughs> and it takes and, – and there's some pretty healthy debate that goes on. And, and you know, we try and 
you know, analyze as much stuff as we can, but it's, you know, with 43 conferences, it's hard to get down to one male and one female every week. That is Lenny uh, Reich on the left, James Wagner on the right, as our happy hour continues to scroll along. If anybody who knows this show and the secret of what is a bottle back here between the Greenville and Center uniforms, by the way, will have noticed a second one entered the equation at some point during the show. The has been empty. The second one is somewhat full. I can't promise at some point I might not disappear, grab a glass, a couple rocks to put in it, and mm -hmm. start enjoying a beverage from Holland. You know, you know what, Dave? We need to get you. We need to find on eBay somewhere as an Upsala jersey to put back there. You know, A what? An Upsala jersey? An Upsala yep. Thought. <laughs> By the way, we do have three or two jerseys in addition that we have not gotten hung up. Well, technically three, because the Brockport jersey sitting back. Is that? Yeah, Brockport jersey sitting back here is not technically hanging. It's sitting over a computer monitor. We had hoped to get everything reset in the studio ahead of the show, but we had some problems in the last week technically, technically and on that. At some point before the end of the season, we will get the other jerseys up and running. And others have promised they're sending stuff to the to the studio. I have yet to see it, but we will see what happens when they show up. Uh, again, if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. I want to show a quick video, guys. You may not be able to see it, and I will apologize now as uh, we will go over to it here clean. Chad Grubb sent this to me a while ago, and I apologize for not getting to it sooner. Uh, here it is. It is his drive through Texas from one conference location to another. And, folks, there ain't nothing there. Um, I've been through Texas. I know what like. Um, I don't know which interstate he's on. But that's what teams have to deal with when they're driving in Texas, enjoying and going from basketball site to basketball site. So thanks to Chad Grubbs for sending that to us. I had to share it at some point in time. Um, I have driven across the state of Texas. It's unbelievable, as Wags and Lenny win us. Again, if you've got questions for us, tweet us, Facebook us, email us, whatever they are. We'll try to answer them as wow. we continue to plug away here on the show. Are you that's just watching a, on the stream now, uh, sir? I'm watching, yeah. I mean, that's, that's Texas, all right. That yep. is Texas. I, that I, was is just Texas. There, I was just there a month ago, so I know, or, well, yeah, yeah now, now, but, uh, so, yeah, no. Yeah. And, and Chad's been at Hardin-Simmons for a long time, and, man, I mean, he travels all the time, so yeah. he's... Uh, he's trying to find civilization. He's trying to get out and find <laughs> civilization. I don't see that when I go north to Clark Summit. I mean, I, I see deer. That's about it. <laughs> Yeah, that's about okay, it. So part of my duties, the first time I, I, I went to Clark Summit University. Now, for those of you who are looking at me like, what's Clark Summit? They used to be Baptist Bible. Um, they changed they the name a year ago. Then they were Summit, and now they're Clark Summit. <laughs> um, great, great people up there. It's located right above Scranton, right where the Northeast Extension ends at 476. You literally get off the extension. You go to the right, and you're at Clark Summit. Um, I had no idea where the athletic facility was. So I, I go around the back and I see this dirt road. I'm like, no, that can't be it. So I go back to the front and I look at the map and I hear cheering. There's a soccer game going on. I'm like, oh, it's over there. So I end up going back around that dirt road and parking behind. They have two buildings. They have their main gym and they have this gorgeous thing that has an indoor track and it's got like eight practice or four back practice courts for basketball. And, you know, I got to meet the people up there. They're great people. I adore them. They're awesome. And, and they, you know, Baptist Bible, I got to know. And Dave, you know from, from, oh God, it's almost been 10 years now, almost 9, 10 years, when they made the tournament for the first time ever out of the NEAC, and they played her sinus in the first round, yeah. and were down 14-2 to two in the first two minutes of the game. Oh, it was beautiful. And, and, and they played they played great for the next 30 minutes, but they were just behind the whole time. But, 
you know, the nicest people. And I've got to see every school in the conference. I haven't been to Keystone yet. That's my next stop. I'm going to be up there pretty soon. Um, probably be up there for baseball. Their baseball team is phenomenal. Um, but, uh, you know, there's different – it's different. Our conference stretches from Maryland to New Jersey to Pennsylvania. So I've got to see most teams. I've been to Centenary, which is located just east of Allentown. So uh, they're nice people there. Keith O'Connor, the AD, Dynamite AD. And thanks for having Rose Holler on earlier. She's great. And what they do at, at – they've had a great season so far. Uh, and I'm also learning through our non-conference play different teams that I've never heard of before. For one instance, is Vaughn College. Uh, Centenary played Vaughn College uh, in December in a non-conference game was basketball. And who was Vaughn, you asked? Vaughn is the aeronautical school in the city of New York. Uh, Whoop. Hold on, folks. I, uh, I cut Wags off by accident there. Hold on a second, folks. I don't know what I did, but I, I, miss, I missed punch something. Hold on, Wags. Am I in? Uh, I've got you, but I've somehow screwed up the other thing here. This was so nice when I intended to do it. Hold on, Wags. Hold on, Ryan. I know you're all there. Put call on hold. I'm trying to, to, to do a six things at the same. Hold on, Ryan. I'm going to have to hang up on you. I apologize. Uh, Ryan's going away. I'm coming back to these guys, I hope. What the heck did I do? There we go. Hey, Wags, were you, you were telling a great story, and I ruined it. Uh, I was talking about Vaughn College and uh, that I see at Vaughn yes. College. So, you know, I different schools that I've seen, you know, and, and I said that Centenary plays played Vaughn College in women's basketball this year, didn't know who Vaughn was, and now learned out there the aeronautical school in the City of New York Conference. So there I go. So long story short, learned about different colleges. My, Sorry my about that. Is, there I didn't, Ryan was calling okay. in to join our happy hour crew here. Okay. And I accidentally Whoa. somehow connected to him without making him join the. It, it's technology, folks. I'm supposed. I'm really ruining my street cred here. Is what I'm doing. Well, do you do you need do you need an iPad like WBAL and do you know what you're doing? Oh, you stop it, sir! <laughs> don't don't get started with me. Uh, iPad. I could actually go to it if I needed to. That's the crazier part. Um, Ryan, if you're listening in, uh, let's try that one one more time, and hopefully, I can figure it out correctly this time. Um, Gentlemen, uh, it, just from your vantage points overall, um, this has been a fun season. It, it's obviously buckling down now, but even the women's is just a little bit in question. We got a question in our mailbag uh, earlier in the week that I wanted to answer or get you guys' opinion on, and we're going to put you on the spot. Tomorrow, big game. We already had number one versus number two in men's basketball earlier this season, and Babson and Amherst certainly lived up to the billing. Guess what we got tomorrow? It is Tufts versus Amherst v2 it is for the marbles who's got who uh we'll start with wags who you got where is that game that game's at tufts it is at tufts uh, i go with the jumbos in that situation the jumbos are tough at home it's the battle of the uh mass pike so uh they should play for a little pilgrim that pilgrim sign that's on the mass pike that i've always wanted they should play for that but you know tufts is tough at home they're, they're always tough and you know they're, they're a good program so i i would manage to the jumbos at this point I can see that. I could see that. Okay, he's going jumbos. Lenny, how about you? Well, I guess I'll have to uh, embrace debate and go with Amherst. I mean, uh, um, you know, I, I'm a program. JP still the coach at Amherst? Or who's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, see, former, long time ago. Now, you have to be an old guy like me to know when JP was an SID <laughs> a long time ago. Nice. Say so, so we'll go with JP since he used to be a, a sports information director. So. Um. Little bit of note here. By the way, I'm taking Amherst in this one. 
Because um, Amherst has been dominating. Nothing against Tufts. I just think Amherst is going to win. Here's an interesting you know, note. You know what's going to happen, though? If, if, if Tufts wins, Paul Sweeney's going to call you and curse at it in his Boston accent. You better watch it. This is probably a good point. Dang you. <laughs> um, and getting Ryan Scott added to this call, by the way. Um, interesting fact. So Karen Harvey at Montclair spent one year at Drew. Okay. Uh, as Ryan joins us. Ryan, I'll get your answer in this in a minute. She then left Drew. You know who they hired to replace her? No. G.P. Gromacki. Oh. You know what happened a week later? No. He took the ass. job. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, Drew has since not really been in the conversation, sadly enough. Ryan, uh, if you can hear me, uh, Tufts v. Amherst women's basketball, who you got? Oh, I I actually kind of really like the Amherst team this year. Uh, I, I don't, I, I know that doesn't, it, it's kind of a little scary to say, but just watching them, I feel like Amherst has got a better team. I'm with you. I'm taking Amherst too. I think Amherst might have the slightly better team in this one as well. By the way, Ryan is doing his, uh, his um, home improvement uh, version for us Wilson, here. Wilson, yeah, he's doing Wilson, Wilson for us. The yeah, there I you go. <laughs> I, th- oh, I thought it was awesome there for a moment. I'm like, hey, we got Wilson on the show. This is great. All right. uh, the the the, so the I go to test it and see what they look like, and then it gives me a different picture anyway. Yeah, well, right. that's technology for you in a heartbeat. Um, Ryan joining us here. He's our around the nation writer. I've uh, been doing some pretty cool articles all season long so far. Ryan, what's been? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go around the group, guys. Here, and we're going to start with the biggest surprise in women's basketball. Ryan, you start off. Biggest surprise, I think, just the way Geneseo's been playing. Um, you know, obviously overcoming everything that's uh, on there on campus, but just to you know, were they 20 and 0 or 21 at this point, um, and and playing really well. That's not a fake. Uh, undefeated record at by any means that's a good point lenny your surprise um man it's hard to know about a surprise um you know jeez uh, um gosh a surprise i'm trying to think of something that's surprising because really as we talked about earlier most of the great lakes region has been pretty much chalk yeah um for most of for most of the year so it's hard to have much of a surprise maybe um uh, you know, maybe the, I've thought um, the stuff that happened with Thomas Moore before the season started with the uh, NCAA stuff, if that would have had an effect on him, that didn't really have, <laughs> obviously has had an effect on him. In fact, mm-hmm. I think they've kind of used it as obviously some sort of, ra- you know, rallying cry or get out there and, and prove, you know, that they're, you know, obviously still program. And so, um, but, I, you know, really, I, definitely on the women's side, there has not been, uh, a tremendous amount of surprises out in this part of the world. Uh, we should mention, yeah, that happened, was that the opening day of the season or shortly so, thereafter? Yeah. It was. Yeah, pretty much as we got the season rolling, we got found out that Thomas Moore was rolling a trophy, championship trophy back to Indianapolis. Uh, Wags, your biggest surprise in women's basketball to, the, to date? I think I'll agree with Ryan with Geneseo. I actually got to talk to Geneseo's AD on my plane ride back from Nashville. Well, I, I should I should preface that I got to talk to him for five minutes before the lady said I was in her seat. And I was on the tower like we're going to the same place. We're not we're all going to Charlotte, and so um, I only got to talk to him for a couple of minutes. But but everything that's going on at Genesee over the last couple of years, uh, for a team to 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 rally around and rally around a community and go twenty and zero, I mean that's that's phenomenal. And I look at the top twenty five right now. Obviously Scranton's in the mix, and Scranton, you know, longtime power program around the Mid Atlantic region. 
Um, and I'll go to my own conference and I'll, and I'll talk about, you know, we've had Gwen and Mercy be very good. We've had Cabrini be very good. Um, but now Marywood University has had a great year and they're number one in our conference and they've got two more weeks to go. So we could have Marywood hosting our conference tournament. So, but I, I think I agree with Ryan with Geneseo and they've gone through uh, to, to rally to be 20 and 0 is, is, is nothing short of the miracle. And you, you wonder how long can they sustain that? Like you're, you're playing on this emotional high as you get in the tournament and this fatigue set in towards the end. And we just hope they keep it going. So I, I would say Geneseo. Very good. Uh, Geneseo story is blowing. Um, I'm hoping nationally it is picked up at some point soon um, because I think it deserves it. Not from the tragedy point of view, but from the perseverance point of view. It has been absolutely outstanding. Uh, Ira Thor is going to be joining us here in a moment, but i got another good question. From a colleague, Lenny, we'll start with you thus because he made you uh, but we will go around to the rest of the group as well. Is Lisa Murphy hands down National Player of the Year as we enter the last month of the regular season? I don't know about hands down, but her numbers are uh, are really incredible, uh, especially given the level of competition that Carnegie Mellon plays in the UAA. Um, the numbers that she has put up, her shooting percentage, her uh, – um, you know, just, just, uh, you know, everything she's done and really, you know, carrying this Carnegie Mellon team has been really, um, been really something. So, uh, um, you know, uh, we, we got to see a lot of her in non-conference action. They played a lot of games in Ohio and West in non-conference. And yeah, she's uh, incredible, incredible player. And so, yeah, I, I would think right now she's definitely got, a, I mean, she's for sure one of the best five players in the country. Um, this group has now officially gone down the hill. Ira Thor has joined us uh, to enter his uh, opinions, though. Well, we'll keep those to ourselves. Ron, the president's to... come to make some executive orders. Yeah, exactly. The president of uh, Cosida, the three side, I should say. Uh, Ryan, let's go to you, uh, player of the year. Obviously, this is a tough question, but uh, Lisa Murphy's having a tremendous season. She's got to be one of your favorites as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's just been impressive what she's been able to do against everybody. For a while, they're about competition, but obviously once they get into conference play, you don't have any better competition anywhere. Um, and she just is, is so consistent. I work with uh, the nominations that come in for Team of the Week, and mm -hmm. I literally uh, could put her on there every single week. Uh, I think I've done it every other week, just other people a chance, but... Uh, it, it's really been amazing, the consistency and the numbers that she puts up. And her team needs her to do it. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, Wags, your thoughts? Uh, I, I haven't, I apologize, I have not been too in-depth with the women's basketball this year, Sorry. so I, I will defer to that question. But uh, I, I, uh, if Lenny, if Lenny thinks she's good, then I'll go with Lenny's. Opinion. I'll give you some numbers. She's leading the nation in scoring, 25.7 points per game. The crazy thing is her field goal percentage. She is shooting for the season 81.5%. Wow. That's insane. insane. 6'1 wow. from Virginia playing at, uh, for those of you that don't know, Carnegie Mellon is in uh, downtown Pittsburgh. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it, and, and playing against, like I said, you know, playing against Wash U and playing against, um, you know, NYU, Chicago, University of Chicago, you know, playing – Emory playing great teams in the UAA time and, and along with the travel and along with the kind of school that Carnegie Mellon is, it's, it's, uh, it's really, it's really yeah, impressive. That is flat out insane. I have to go back and check. Uh, at one point, I think she's in line to be the career leader in field goal percentage when she's done. Wow. Of wow. all time. So. Of all time. 
think you're, I think you're right. I think well, and here's the bigger thing. That. I think is she not the first UAA player to either score 2,000 or be 2,000 and 1,000 rebounds? Yes, I believe that so happened. One of the two, two weeks, there happened two weeks ago yeah. that she went over a thousand, a thousand rebounds. Absolute insanity. Um, like, you know, I said there's some great players out here. Yeah, you know, uh, Jordan Holmes at Denison, uh, you know, leads the country. She's going to be Division Three's all-time blocks leader. Um, uh, you know, and then obviously like we talked about earlier, Abby Owings, a point guard at Thomas More. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's definitely three players out of this region at least that. Are, are definitely going to get some, I would hope, get some pretty high All-American uh, consideration. Our friend Chris Mitchell remo- uh, does confirm, first 2,000-1,000 um, in UAA history. And considering how many great UAA players have come through there, you know, just go back to Wash U's dominating years and, and to think this is the first one with 2,000-1,000 blows my mind. Uh-huh. Um, who was the one who just broke Ronda Joe Miller's rebounding record? Um Oh, I'm going to draw a blank, that's, unfortunately. Um, that's Jordan Holmes from Dennis. Oh, is that Jordan? Jordan? Okay, 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 she's that is gonna Jordan. going to be the career rebounder and block leader by the time she's finished. She Which may is already... just adding to the insanity. And um, I saw her play a couple times this year. It's it's And she's, you know, six foot, six one, but not, uh, you know, very slight. Uh, her technique is, in, if you were going to make a film about <laughs> rebounding and, uh, uh, you know, or cut up some tape about rebounding and block shots, she gets so much from being in the position and and doing all those little fundamental things that you know don't show up in box scores, but uh, but very very impressive player for uh, for Denison. Um, so I, I saw Ronda Joe Miller play, and that was the same trick that she had Me too. was just being in the right spot at the right time. I became a practice dummy for my my alma mater because of Ronda Joe. They needed somebody of her size, and that's all I had. She was also to a fantastic Joe. two-sport athlete, too. Oh, right. She also played volleyball insanely well. Um, yep. And by the way, Chris uh, Mitchell reminds us, Tasha Rogers, Aaliyah Fisher, two incredible UAA players who didn't do 2,000. Anyway, Ryan, I, I think I cut you off. Well, yeah, I just went back and looked at the record book. Um, Lisa Murphy last year broke the single-season field goal percentage record. <laughs> She's going to top that this year. And she is uh, well ahead for the career mark. She wow. would have to have some pretty terrible games to not finish with the best career. Um, finish. The current That's record, previous. current record is sixty-eight point seven percent, and she's at seventy-two for a career right now. Career, yeah. What's is that D three or all of NCAA? That's D three. I haven't looked for all NCAA. I bet she'd break the all D NCAA record. I can't imagine anybody at D one shoot that shoots that well. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Wow, that is amazing. Um, upper left, it's Lenny Reich. Upper right, it's Ryan Scott. Lower left, it's James Wagner. And lower right, it's Ira Thor. Here's what I can promise you, folks. In this uh, network television quality um, multi-box <laughs> system, we will not be talking politics here. We're talking Division <laughs> Three. Uh, if Division Three politics, how's that sound? Um, Ira, I made a comment earlier. I think it's probably worth bringing up now. We're looking at the SOS numbers, and you and I have had long heated off-air conversations about what has happened with the NJAC, especially NJCU missing out of the tournament last year. You you are of the opinion they should have and they shouldn't have. Here's my concern. The NJAC's SOSs are below 500 again, and I know the NJCU tried to go out there and improve that. I don't believe they're eighth in the region like Matt has them because there's other criteria that Matt doesn't use to move them up. I think they'll finish, they'll be third or fourth next week, but 
Any concern here as an NJCU guy or anybody in the NJAC that if the SOS numbers are truly that low, the NJAC's going to get hosed again? I mean, there's always concern um, that we're not going to be a two-bid league. I think, you know, talent-wise, if there's ever going to be a year that the NJAC deserves that two bids, this is the year. Agree. Um, you know, obviously, Ipo are, are on paper right now the best two teams. But like I said um, back in January when I did the Atlantic Region Report, people shouldn't sleep on TC and J.R. Rowan. Both these teams are capable of beating anybody on any given day. And, you know, the SOS numbers this year are going to be down because Kane is – we, we played them last night. They're 1-20 now. I never thought I'd ever see the day that Kane is 1-20. Yeah. You know, Rutgers Camden's improved. They're a better team. They got some players at mid-year. That is, uh, that's part of the reason they were able to knock off Newman, uh, some new pieces to the team. And they're better, uh, but their record is still obviously uh, way below 500. Newark, which is the only team that Kane has uh, beaten this year. And coincidentally, Rutgers-Newark played Ramapo to five points last night. It was, I think it's a five-point uh, finale there. But Rutgers Newark, which has been a team that's been in the tournament, is way below 500 right now. So you got three teams that, record-wise, probably hurts the league's SOS. And then you got Stockton and William Patterson, two teams that you know everybody on, on this on this page knows very well. Historically, have been very successful, and both are having down years. You know, Stockton's three-time defending conference champion. Yeah, they're in, they're in danger right now of, of even making the conference tournament. It's an interesting year in the inject. You know, I talked earlier about how a CAC didn't pan out the way I thought it would competitively wise on the men's side. I think the on on the inject, it's the same. I thought it'd be a little bit more competitive. It's it's turning out the same up top, and the same the CAC. It's just the rest hasn't panned out like I thought. By the way, Wags, and, oh go ahead. And Dave, and, and one of the things about in our conference and and you know, with our men's basketball coaches is that. You know, and the NJAC in the, the Atlantic region is what we call the, the we call them the bully because they are the, the cream of the crop in the Atlantic yeah. region. So, you know, that's who we wanted. That's why we play the Rowans down here, the Rowans and the Stockton. You know, Newman got knocked off by Rutgers Camden, and that loss is gonna gonna be a burr in their saddle for a little bit. If they run the table, they're gonna be like, Okay, you lost to Rutgers Camden again. You're allowed, I think, one bad loss. If you're going to lose one, you don't want to lose one in your conference. You always want to lose one out of your conference. But still, uh, but the NJAC is is something that we strive to to you know be at the level where we can say, hey, we're a powerful conference, and we're getting there. We're we're starting to build up, you know, how we're doing with our teams and how we're doing, and that's the that's in the Atlantic region, you know, with the skyline, the freedom, the NJAC, the Cooney, and us. I mean, that's you know, you look at how Stockton's made some runs. Stockton beat a a real dynamite Cabrini team a few years ago in the quarter in the second round of the tournament. A Cabrini team that had come off, I believe, going to the final game and come within 10 minutes of winning the national championship. So, you know, there's always those teams in the end, Jack, that are going to, you know, do well. And that's how we want to aspire to be is be able to beat those teams on a consistent basis and get the respect we need in the region. I don't know if this was mentioned earlier. I apologize for coming out late. I was working a division. Uh, uh, don't division. Don't say it. We won't be happy. A non-Division three game uh, <laughs> localing at. Um, but Saturday, there's actually two uh, huge games. There's, with four games left in the regular season, the top four teams in the NJAC are all playing each other on Saturday. We're going, NJC, we're going down the Rowan to Glassboro. Rowan just knocked off TCNJ to end their long winning streak on Wednesday. TCNJ is playing Ramapo. So right now, you know, Ramapo's got a two-game lead on, on NJCU. And TCNJ, 
Now, TCNJ had, after beating last week, had a game over us in the standings. They lose to Ramapo, and we beat Rowan. We would then go from being behind them to being ahead of them in a matter of a two-game span. So a lot of big basketball coming up in, in the Atlantic region on Saturday. How, how many teams make the NJAC tournament? Six make it, but obviously you want to be one of those coveted by. Although um, last year, last year proved not to be as important as uh, as we would have thought because we got <laughs> got up. We were the top seed last year. We got upset by TCNJ at home in the semis. So that's why they play. Just so you know, right. we, are, we are keeping track of scores happening around um, Division Three. Nothing in in men's and women's basketball is jumping out at me as a surprise. We are late enough that the uh, CSAC games are starting to pop up on my screen, which hardly ever happens when I'm on Hoopsville. So that took me. Uh, for a loop there for a moment, but it's kind of a quiet night in Division Three. Uh, final and overtime for score watchers. Concordia, Wisconsin beat the Minute 108-103 in overtime. So you got a little bit of a, a wheeling and dealing game there. Um, Glad I took the over for uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't bet on it. Hey, 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 don't bet on it. Don't, don't, don't bet on it. Uh, Claremont Mudscripts does take on Caltech in a fascinating game there. Um, Caltech kind of gave them a run for it, if I remember last time. they. But go Back to you, gentlemen. I'll tell you, Dave, from a schedule standpoint, uh, tomorrow night, um, back to Lisa Murphy, they play um, – Carnegie Mellon plays at Washington St. Louis tomorrow night. Um, yeah. So that'll be – um, they, they're on the Wash U Chicago trek for the weekend. Yep. And uh, it'll be – it'll be a that, that's obviously the last uh, regular season meeting. Uh, there's no tournament in the UAA. So it's the last right. regular season meeting against yep. Wash U. So, so that'll be uh, – That'll be something to see how she does on that stage on the road. Well, then Chris Mitchell, if you're watching, he is. want a Chris Mitchell, Lisa Murphy selfie. Done. Oh, there you go. Putting pressure I wonder what on. What the drive is like from St. Louis to Chicago? I wonder what that bus trip is it's, like. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not bad. About three hour, three or four. It's it's not as far as you think. No, it's we did yeah, from Cosida in, in 2012. After that's right, you did. That's we right. We drove for. Uh, from there to Chicago to go see a game at Wrigley. So I did that too. Interesting countryside. Can I just say that's about the only thing that went well last year. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, before I go, and by the way, Mitchell says four to five, four and a half hours. Um, Ira, before I go to the next hot uh, hot button questions, two that you didn't answer since you weren't with us, but I'll get them from you anyway. Tufts, Amherst tomorrow night. Who you got? Women. I have Tufts. Uh, okay. I have Tufts. We have a pretty split panel. I can see that. Um, and then the other one was a surprise in the, on the story on the women's side. I mean, I haven't studied them enough, honestly, to, to really have a call all right. on the women's side. Um, I mean, the men's side this year, to me. Oh, hold on, hold on. Don't jump on me there. I, I got that jump. question coming. Jeez, jeez. What, what, uh, I wish I had a mute button, like, uh, around the horn. Uh. Um well, if we fundraise for that, we can get that. There we go. Uh, we have not done very well in the fundraiser today. Hackers uh, and I appreciate those who have done it. Uh, thank you very much. I thought maybe we could have a nice gaudy goal of going halfway. The problem was we got rolling on the show that I couldn't promote it as much as I wanted to. So uh, we're about seven and a half percent of the way towards our goal. So well, if you're not, if you're watching this and you're not paying for it, you're stealing, just like you're stealing PBS. So get all. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> awesome um do we get do i need to get the man and the the man in the big white house with the small hands the oh to hey we weren't talking donate. politics whoa, whoa. here wags no politics no I'm politics all right so we'll talk men's basketball now we'll talk about the uh we'll start with um 
I don't. We don't have any huge. Have like the one v two necessarily, uh, though. Tufts and Amherst are playing this weekend. Tufts has got to play Trinity, though. Tufts is injured and banged up, and we'll see if they'll survive the weekend. But we'll start with uh, Ira down the lower right, since he wanted to jump the gun anyway. Biggest uh, story in men's basketball so far this season. The biggest surprise this year, honestly. I think surprise or story? Is oh, I think they came really came out of nowhere to be as successful as they are. They're they're still relatively young. Um, you know, this is a kind last of an experienced year. group that got knocked off in the first round of the tournament last year. Um, I, I'm very impressed with what Coach McBreen's squad has done. Wags, you? Uh, I'm going to go with my alma mater, Susquehanna, not because of, of what they've done on the court, uh, what they've gone through with their coach, Frank Marcinic, who is from my hometown. For those of you who don't know, Frank uh, suffered through a bit of cancer this year, and he's doing well. Uh, wasn't able to talk for six weeks, and he didn't know if he was going to come back or not. Uh, but what the Riverhawks, I almost said Crusaders, I have. You still do. Riverhawks, I still do. Uh, <laughs> the, what the Riverhawks have done in the Landmark Conference and what Frank has done year in and year out, especially this year. I mean, uh, he's from my hometown. I went to his basketball camps as a kid. I've grown up, you know, you know, watching his suspended teams play. So what he's done this year to battle back from that has been phenomenal. Um, I agree. We had him on last show. Wonderful conversation with him. Very emotional. Even I got a little bit emotional there as he was talking. Uh, great story. I'm sad I missed him this season at Goucher. He's one of my favorite coaches to see, but I had to be somewhere else, Ira, um, that particular weekend. Lenny, up to you, bud. Biggest surprise or story in, in men's basketball? New Jersey City nationally ranked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I'm just kidding. But, no, uh, no, I, I think, you know, I've been going back and forth while these guys were talking between the preseason poll and uh, where it is right now. I think, you know, maybe one of the surprises would be you know, where uh, St. Thomas is at right now, um, you know, St. Thomas out of Minnesota, you know, they were a team that got some preseason poll. Um, obviously, they're still receiving some votes, but obviously maybe not having, um, you know, quite the season they uh, wanted to have and what's going on with the MIAC. And, you know, we heard about some of these coaches today that have gone through some things or are going through some things. And I know we talked about earlier, Dave, you know, I think uh, obviously a guy like Damon Goodwin making his return mm -hmm at Capitol after missing all of last year, um, getting treated for hairy cell leukemia and, um, and seeing, uh, you know, Capitol having a, having a good year. So I think those kind of things are great to come back. I think, uh, you know, the other thing in our, our region, kind of the, uh, um, you know, Mike Moran leaving after 25 years at John Carroll got to a final four, um, you know, it was won numerous, uh, OAC titles and been, you know, very strong program in this region. So uh, I guess those are kind of some of the top stories on the men's side in this region. And like we talked about earlier, just kind of the parody that's been on the men's side in the Great Lakes that they don't have a team ranked, you know, Dennis in the highest rank at number 12. Um, but yeah, I mean, across the country, yeah, I think there's there's been obviously some teams that have played really well. And um, it'll be real interesting the next couple of weeks to see um, especially if Babson and Whitman can stay on top and stay where they are um, in, the, in the positions they're in. Uh, we have lost Wags from the group right before uh, he got his thought in, but he wants to thank everybody for uh, letting them on. There goes the ratings. Yep, our ratings are now tanking as we speak. Um, so, Ryan, that leaves you, I believe. Am I not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, biggest surprise or story in men's basketball this year? Yeah, I don't know if it's the biggest story, but I know one of the biggest surprises for me is what that CCIW standings look like. Um, <laughs> a lot of that's due to injuries, but certainly the teams, you know, a team like North Central that uh, we thought, you know, would be a top five national team may not make their conference tournament. So, um, mm. you know, that's that's sort of a big deal. And 
I get a little flack sometimes for maybe being a CCIW hater, so I'll bring them up now and say that that it is a big story. That it doesn't look anything like we thought it would. Uh, one, I, one other thing, Dave. Is that yeah. if you, I mean, we're nine weeks into the season. We've only had two teams be ranked number one this year, and you know we've had so many years, I think, where we've had some ups and downs in that top spot. The fact that we've gone this long in a year where we have this much parity, but you only have had two teams number one. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Um, I'll give you that. That's yeah. It it and for for the voters, it's been tough everywhere else essentially um, than it has been at the top. Um, Lenny Reich, upper left. Ira Thor, upper right. Ryan Scott holding down the bottom there as uh, our good friend Wags has stepped out. Uh, as we are a little bit into overtime, we're not going to go as late as we did last time, but we're still clicking along here. Any other topics that you guys have thought of or you want to fire my way or fire to the group? Well, you stole mine. I was going to talk about that NJAC SOS number. Sorry. <laughs> that, that, that was really surprising. The other thing we didn't bring up, though, about that is, is it's also um, a down year for the CUNYAC in terms of their overall record. So all of those non-conference games that the NJAC teams often rely on in the city uh, are not helping as much as they they often do that's a good point and of course we got different regional rankings now eight teams out of everybody on the men's side except for great lakes at nine and northeast at 11 uh lenny you've served and i think our have you guys served on committees not necessarily basketball but in general i'm on the i'm the on the uh, women's tennis regional advisory committee so okay I'm the central I'm on the Central uh, Women's Tennis. We'll keep our thoughts. Which has been, I, I mean, it's been a very educational experience to sure. see how um, a regional, you know, because all the regional committees are ran the same, whether it's tennis, you know, football, yeah. basketball, you know, they're all set up the same. And so seeing how that operation goes and then trying to imagine how it would go with basketball, those other things, uh, it's been a it's been a real eye opening uh, experience. I uh, I got on women's tennis a year ago, kind of almost well, uh, kind of by accident uh, in our conference. Uh, we had a coach that quit right before the season started. Um, they were trying to find somebody to uh, to jump on the committee. And in tennis, in our conference, a lot of the coaches are. So um, our commissioner asked if I would uh, jump on board and uh, and serve. So it's been a it's been a like I said, it's been an educational experience. Um, I'm just curious if, from that vantage point, then have as many regions be equally ranked in the sense of numbers. Um, I get the sense from what, what Kevin Vandestreek said to me in the interview uh, was basically like, hey, now we know that if a team's got six results versus regionally ranked opponents, I can compare them to another region because they both have eight teams ranked. I know what that six really means versus, well, They've got six, and he's in a region of six, and then I'm comparing it to eight in a region of nine compared to ten in a region of 13, and it's hard to understand what that all means. And I get a sense. Yeah, I know. So I get a sense that this is a, a lot more helpful for the men, um, to be sure. Another thing, too, is we get to see the regional rankings at the end of the season. How, how big is that from your guys' points of view? I mean, I'll tell you what, last year when we had a controversy over that last spot, you know, that would have been really helpful to see what the committee was thinking about, you know, because our coach last year was that was his final year on our regional committee. And, you know, he was adamant that we last year when we didn't win the conference title deserved to be in. But, you know, we didn't get to see the, the public did not get to see that raw data. Interesting to see what, you know, what the committee thought. That's a fair Now point. this year and this year we get to see. Now, of course, on the men's side, they basically told us the last four in and the last four out. And to be honest with you, I don't remember him mentioning 
and, and NJC, you in the last four, but I could be dead wrong. Um, we were we we were the we were one definitely one of the last four out. We were told that, but okay, yeah, that, I could the last four were so um, that's helpful. But um, Wags, I mean, football and bas- men's basketball have been two of the ones who wanted to do this in the in the from the get go for a number of years. So I know Lenny, from your point of view, that 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 kind of you know maybe is part and parcel with understanding how this all works. But you, you know from a now that you're on a committee, how what what kind of impact is that? Well, I, I think it's great to to you know I think transparency is really where it's at. I think yeah. sometimes people need to understand that that the RAC is a regional advisory committee, and that the yeah, national could, committee yeah. can change what the regional committee votes. Yeah. Uh, it's their prerogative to do that. I mean, we're only in an advisory role. We don't get to actually. We're not actually the ones that are making the bracket or making the decisions. That's left up to the to the national committee, which obviously a member from our committee is going is on that committee. But um, but so I, I think, yeah, I think anytime those numbers are out there, idea where people are thinking it, it's still at the end of the day, um, you know, when I advise coaches on scheduling or those kind of things is that you gotta you can't game the system. You know, you can't you've got to. You know, you know, the great part about Division Three is everybody's got to weigh in. You know, win your automatic qualifier and you're in. You really have to be careful if you dig too much into the weeds and try and read numbers and try and project where things might go um, as far as trying to figure out who to play and 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 um, what to do. At the end of the day, you got to win games. And so um, sometimes, like I said, I think we get caught up in a lot of numbers and criteria yeah. and and, and some of those other things. Win your games. Uh, win the AQ, and this is a mute point. Um, obviously, and Ryan, I, I, I know you'll probably just be preaching to the choir a little bit here. You love the fact they're out too, but uh, we should probably – no, I'll keep that to myself. But, you know, obviously this is big for from a fan's point of view too. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a big deal to be able to go back and see what everybody was thinking and, and know especially – I'm my big question is when they're going to put them out because – uh, I don't think it's going to be before the bracket, right? No, so, uh, Lenny would know they... when we're trying to pick. Uh, that no, Sunday we're not going to get them ahead of time, <laughs> Lenny. We get in football. They came out right after the bracket came out, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. yep. They're they're out. They'll be out. Um, shortly but not till the bracket. Bracket, if yeah. not if not the same time, uh, the yeah. brackets released. They'll, yeah, they'll <laughs> we're not going to get them ahead of time. Yeah. No, yeah, our job will... <laughs> to pick teams is not going to be that easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I was thinking. It was yeah. to make Sunday night a little easier. No, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, um, I still might try some some techniques to glean that information. Hashtag glean. Um, yeah. Um, it might be easier to glean if they're going to become public anyway, right? So that's, that's a fair point. No, that's that's a very fair point. Um, I kind of I kind of want to lean on you guys here. Any other thoughts that you guys have in the division, or anything you want to throw up even my way at this point? Well, I got to say, before we go too far, I have to thank Dr. George Barber. I got my first swag this week in the mail. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I got to talk to him for a long time when I did the story on the that Greenville is running now. And uh, as good as his interview was last year, talking to him on the phone is just as great. I think we spent an hour talking about basketball <laughs> um, and just an awesome guy. So I want to thank him for... Uh, being the first one to send me free stuff as part of this deal. So. <laughs> yeah, I should mention, if people don't see it, the, there is a Greenville jersey. We have it and brought it with them to Salem last year and handed it to me. 
Um, he was one of the best interviews we had last year. I might have to find an excuse to get him on this year. Hey, Ryan, I, I mean, as far as are those, are those the only two schools that you know of that are running the system, I guess? Yeah, good question. Well, thanks for reading the article, Lenny, by the way. Oh! <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, so this we stinging moment brought to you by... Greenville, Grinnell, and Rhodes on the men's side. Rhodes has started this year running it. Um, and then Westfield State on the women's side and also North Central on the women's side are also running the system. So there's five D3 schools right now. And there's a couple spread out through the other divisions around the NCAA and other parts. But, uh, yeah, we've got five right now. And there's um, some who are kind of running a hybrid version. Well, and that's what um, I, I think my biggest takeaway of doing that article, which has been a pretty popular one, I think more than we thought it would be, um, was just – how flexible it is when you start getting some more creative minds um, working on it. Because ultimately when Dave Arsenault put it together, it was just those five statistical goals. And he even told me in the interview, he said, any way you get to try and, and make those happen is the system. It doesn't have to be the way we play offense or defense. Um, it's just sort of the mindset of, of working for those stats. And you're starting to see, especially on the women's side where the game is different, that they're really um, very inventive. Westfield State, I've got to watch some of the games this year that I wouldn't have ordinarily watched, but uh, just some of the offensive moves they're making and, and uh, some of the tweaks, it's it just I think it's becoming more a uh, a family of, of offenses that you can run as an option, uh, which is pretty cool. I don't know how long ago this question came in, uh, Ira, but my wife is apparently wondering what you're drinking. I'm having a ginger wheat shock top. Interesting. Good. Very yes. interesting. Ginger wheat. Yes. I try oh. everything once. If it's good, there I'll have go. it twice. Oh, coming from Lenny. How about that? About wow, that. sir. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very on. surprised you're drinking old style considering your affiliations. And if nobody knows them, they're in the back window there. Um, and considering where old style comes out of and has been made famous by. Uh, well, I can't, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm done to grips with uh, what's happened. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay embracing, uh, you know, I liked old style a long time before the Cubs won. <laughs> Can I just uh, say it was so hard Cubs. not to talk to my friends like yourself, JJ Nekoloff, Scott Geis, and some others that I, I would have loved talking just baseball with for a week uh, and a half. An, uh, it's if you're going to lose a series, uh, losing it to those guys is is uh, you know I mean it's you know I mean I just, how can you root against how can yeah, you root against true. them in this, that kind of stuff and, and it, be, it was a heck of it was a heck of a series yeah and to be blunt same same 2017 the year that the year of the tribes so. yeah no so anyway uh, that's what we'll end uh, <laughs> um, you got questions for us uh, fire them at us we won't stay on the air much longer. Um, then Lenny, uh, Reich, Ira Thor, Ryan Scott, and myself will answer them. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Tweet us at d3hoopsville. Hashtag it, hoopsville. Uh, I told, um, I told uh, Chris Mitchell to fire more questions at us. Apparently, he's ignoring me. Um, Dave, yeah. Dave, Dave, I'll hijack things since this will give me a Go public. For it. This will give me a public chance to do this. You know, I, uh, Ira is our, uh, you know, president of uh, D3 side. I've been uh, his vice president. So, you know, we have the same bromance that uh, <laughs> President Obama and, and Joe Biden had. And uh, I, I definitely, I, I definitely want to publicly thank him for his efforts uh, throughout all the years that he served on our uh, D3 side of board and what he's done. Um, you know, I, I won't have to make sports information great again when I take over uh, in a few months. So um, he's done a really awesome job. And, uh, 
big shoes, big shoes to fill. Yeah, Lenny, well said. I agree with Thank you. you my Do you have to pick up the uh, uniform um, um, campaign? We well, we thought. Well, no, I can't. I can't do justice to the uniform campaign. I think we were going to present Ira a gift of an unreadable uniform. Oh, name on it. you know, as his going as his going away present as being the uh, the president. We thought we'd get a camouflage, you know, green and gold or his colors that you couldn't, you know, oh, couldn't make out. That's outstanding. You should do that. Yeah. I love that's, it. I'm not going to stop fighting that issue until it's gone. I mean, even yeah. when I, I when it. I roll off, I'm going to keep. But it's gone, and you know, you know, sometimes it happens by mistake. Our at NJCU, our women's team currently has uh, difficult to read uniforms because the order from the manufacturer was so late that they didn't have time to send us a proof. Well, wow. when, the, when the season's over, place them at their cost. Interesting. Uh, one of my guests, uh, the picture on their website um, is an illegal uniform. <laughs> <laughs> TLU women's basketball uh, squarely right on the front page of their women's basketball page. I'm looking at it going, well, that's nice. Um, <laughs> you got to love it. Uh, there was something else that popped up on my screen that I wanted to ask you guys about. Did we and do I'm... biggest sleeper yet? Or the no, there, we, there you go. Let's do that. I like that idea. Um, we'll start with women's been... basketball. Go ahead, Ryan. You started off. Because I've been riding this Benedictine train. Um, everybody's, you know, they, they made the final game last year, and I sat next to Dave at Salem and I told him, I said, they're bringing back a lot of good yeah. players. And, uh, obviously the conference, you never really know what to expect out of those guys, but I'm a believer. I really think that they, even, even in the bracket, they're going to have to play in out there. Uh, I think they could be a surprise and, and get through. I'll buy into that, uh, that argument. I can see that. Uh, How soon would they run into, what would you give them, them against Augustana? What would be, I mean, would they run into each other early in the tournament because of location and well, because well, of Augustana standing you've probably lot, you've got a lot more teams out there that they're going to have to face, but uh, you know, I, I think they've got as good a chance as anybody coming out of there, especially with all the injuries and the placing from, from some of those CCIW teams. Yeah. I mean, the trick will Not be River met their AD, Mark McCorney, great former Division Three basketball player himself. So yeah, great, great guy. Great guy. I've done a super job out there. Yeah, he's a great guy. You got a chance to meet him last year. Ira, do you? I'll get to you, Lenny. But Ira, do you have a, a sleeper? Uh, and don't uh, say I, NJCU. No, nah, we're, we're not. <laughs> I told you about this actually probably about a month ago. That my sleeper this year is Wesleyan. I just got this feeling about them. I know how difficult the NESCAC is this year. Wesleyan's been that team all year that I. I Whatever reason or another, I have a feeling about. We'll see. Uh, Lenny? Uh, well, man, I really wanted to say uh, Denison up until a week ago. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I still think Denison's really – I still think Denison's really good. And they've had a, they've had a tremendous uh, – they've had a tremendous run at it. I guess we'll know uh, after they play Worcester on Saturday. I mean, but I think they've really been – I mean, I don't know if anybody would have thought they would be 12th in the country uh, right now the sleeper uh you know the sleeper of uh it, it, you know in a region full of uh full of parody so um i got two and neither of them are probably educationally smart one of them i've just loved for a while and the other one ryan reminded me of and i kind of looked in i'm buying back in and maybe that's going to be my achilles heel and i should go away screaming and running and i'm probably going to hear from their coach in a minute going stop talking about my team are you stealing um, my sleeper? <laughs> no, I thought you just gave us your sleeper. I did, but you, yeah, you mentioned it already today, so I guess it's yours now. Uh, well, the first <laughs> one would be Harden Simmons. 
Um, there's just something about this team I like. Jack is an incredible player. He is really good. Um, I really like what he does. Now, they just took a loss, which concerns me. But I I think they get to the tournament, they could make a surprise run. Um, so that's my first one. My other one is Ohio Wesleyan. Um, not one of the best guards in the country. This is a trio that should have been playing better. And as Ryan put it to me, they may be the team no one wants to face if they make the NCAA tournament. And they've reemerged on top of the conference after just beating Denison. Maybe Mike has figured it out, or maybe the team has finally listened to Mike. I don't know what's going on, and Mike might be the one who calls me in a minute and says, "Stop talking about us." Um, <laughs> yeah, um, see, I didn't mention that. I didn't want a bad call from Dewey, so I didn't. Yeah, mention see, that. exactly. You don't want Dewitt uh, on your heels. Um, so th- those are two. But I mean, to be honest with you, men's basketball is going to be so wide open in the tournament. You can make a ton of arguments, teams, and we're going to be talking about it, a lot of teams who don't make the NCAA tournament, who absolutely look like they should have. And we're gaining two slots this year, going to 64. And we're still going to be talking about teams that we're shocked didn't make the tournament. And not shocked in the sense of we look at the criteria and can't believe it, but just in the sense of, wow, they're good. Wow, they're good. Good. It's just, yeah, yeah, some people are going to be left home. That's the other thing with, you mentioned Harden-Simmons, and I was realizing with 64 teams this year, they're not going to get stuck in Texas. No. Uh, they're going to have to be in a pod somewhere, and they're probably not going to have to play another Texas school, and they may have a better shot to, to maybe get out of there. Well, and as I think um, uh, Bill Raleigh said, uh, our South report from him out of Texas said, as a former coach, he said, they also don't have that crazy, we play Thursday, get on a, on a plane Friday morning, practice Friday night to play a game on Saturday routine. Now they at least go through the Friday-Saturday set and get out there at a reasonable time to do it. So, yeah, I think I think you know, the Texas teams are maybe a little bit better set up. That being said, I think we're sleeping on Texas. I think there's some good teams in that ASC. Letourneau is looking good right now um, on the other side of that ASC bracket. Um, and amazingly, if you look at, at Harden-Simmons' side of the division – you got a Mary Harden Baylor is pretty decent, taking too many losses, but that's because they're beating each other out. They may not even make the tournament, the conference tournament, uh, which yeah. is pretty surprising. Well, um, that's the other thing with those with those Texas teams. You're going to end up, as we always do, with three West Coast schools. Yeah. So you could probably send one of the Texas schools yep. out to Whitman, yep. and then send the other one, you know, Midwest or East. Well, to be honest, you might else. have three. You might have three. Right, or send two of someplace else. Yep. So, I mean, it just gives a lot more options when we're thinking about brackets and moving teams around. You you may get some matchups we haven't had in the past. Yeah, I was about oh. to say, I'd, lo- I'd love to see one of those teams maybe come out. You know, if there's multiple teams there, send them out to the uh, Mid-Atlantic region. Those are matchups you rarely ever see, Absolutely. except maybe at, you know, the, in, the, in Vegas or somewhere. Completely agree with Boston you. for the first round, you know? like <laughs> They've got to fly them somewhere, you know, send them somewhere. Um Got a question coming from Chris Mitchell. He's got two really good ones coming, but since we talked sleeper, let's talk women. This is um, because women's not as parody driven as the men, though they're growing. Anybody got a sleeper on the women's side? Uh, I'll start with you, Ira. You probably got none. Uh, I I've, well, I have one that all year I've told you that I thought was a little underrated in, in the Atlantic, and I, I think it's Stockton. You know, they're you know right now they're. In, I, Replaced in the league, Montclair is a team that still has the experience, and they're always very well coached with Karen Harvey. But Stockton's got a lot of size; they're skillful, um, and I think they're a team. If they get in, um, they have the talent to make a little bit of a run. It's not a bad pick, Ryan. Uh, my 
this year. I was riding the Christopher Newport bandwagon <laughs> all last year, and uh, now they're really good. So I don't know if they count as a sleeper anymore. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe that Messiah team. Um, I think they're pretty good, and uh, depending on how that bracket gets worked out, I don't know how they do against the CAC teams, but I could see some of the other teams in the area that they could uh, maybe sneak up on and surprise. I like it. Um, Lenny? Uh, Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's not... uh, Yeah, it's really hard. There's not... I mean, you start going through the top 25, and they're kind of the same, you know, same familiar... Um, you know, same familiar faces. It's hard. It's hard to imagine. I mean, I, I probably would have said like maybe Christopher Newport too. There, uh, yeah, maybe that. You know, it's it's yeah. It's hard to know because um, they're all teams that are kind of uh, teams that traditionally are always always kind of there. Um, you know, I, you know. I mean, maybe you know. I mean, Catholic's been right there, but they haven't quite you know got over the hump. Maybe this is the the time they get. You know, if they get a good draw and, and get in, they they can uh, they can win a couple games. I, yeah, it's hard to hard to tell on the women's side. You mm-hmm. know, and of course the women's side so top heavy. I think. Uh, yeah. Um, you know. Well, that's you know, what you mean. Probably what? there's probably five or six, five you six know. seven teams that you start off right there that they're probably you know going to be the final four is probably going to come out of that seven or eighteen pools. So. Yeah. You know what it is. You know what it is, Dave. I mean, for myself, as you know, I vote in the men's poll but not in the women's poll. I. If I'm going to vote in the, in a poll, I, I feel it's my responsibility to basically you know, 416 men's teams that sponsor the sport right now. I think it's my responsibility to keep an eye on as many of them as I possibly can, um, even if my team's not involved. Um, on the women's side, since I'm not voting, I probably only pay attention to maybe one or two regions on a, on a regular basis. Yeah. Well, on those two regions right now would be Great Lakes and Mid-Atlantic. Um, Ryan, what, what were you saying? Well, I was just saying it's it's so hard because of how well so many teams do, right? I mean, your whole top 25, there's there's losses, and yeah. it's hard to know what's a sleeper. A three-loss team isn't a sleeper, even if they're, like, the 30th best team in our rankings, right? Yeah. Well, and these are all teams that, like, over the last couple of years have won 18, 19, 20-some-odd right. games. I mean, they're not – you know, it's not like there's some team that went 12 and 14 last year, and this year they're, you know, 20 and 1. I mean, yeah. everybody's teams that are traditionally – really good teams if i were to pick a sleeper and i don't think it's a sleeper and and by the definition you just gave lenny they're definitely not a sleeper but they're nobody's talking about them the tigers of depaul no one's talking they're 19 and 1 and no one's talking about them they're sitting 11th in the country no one's talking so the conference is so and but they march themselves to two back-to-back championships that way they play the games on their schedule and they win their oh, games. Oh, I know, but... I know. And I'm not knocking them for that. But, you know, that's a team that I think is watch out for because um, I, I don't think anyone's talking about it. And the other one might be Trinity, Texas. I don't think anybody's giving yeah. enough credit to Trinity. And that to be that said, TLU's not getting much credit either. But, um, you know, Trinity, it's like Texas. like we talked about this afternoon, Dave. Who's 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 going to get sent to that Thomas Moore pod? In the oh. first in the first two rounds, you know, God who's going to get sent, you know, and, you know, DePauw and Ohio Northern and Carnegie Mellon, all teams that are relatively close, who's going to get sent to that, you know, who's going to draw the draw the short straw? Well, as I said, they can't get, and Christopher Newport's going to get stuck somewhere because they can't get them anywhere. We learned that a couple of years ago when Christopher Newport surprised everybody, won the, the second round game, and now everybody was 500 miles from yeah. Thomas Moore. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that'll be the interesting thing is that Thomas Moore is kind of, 
centrally located to the membership and right in 10 minutes from a major airport. I mean, so there, I mean, you can see kind of the uh, flexibility of, or, or how creative, I guess, the committee would want to get. Well, the interesting thing there was they shipped everybody out, rightly so, to George Fox. Um, yeah, three years ago. Yeah. Or was it Whitman that year? I remember who it was. Oh, it was George Fox. Was it George Fox? Yeah, it was about three years ago. So, you know, we we understand that there are these dynamics that I think are going to be fascinating when the brackets get put in place. Um, I mean, if there's if there if there's a team that I'm rooting for, if that's one of the questions, the team that I've been rooting for, you know, all year, is Genesea. Um, and yeah, you know, what 20, 20 and 0. 20 and 0 right now. I mean, twenty one and zero. I'm I'm hoping that they keep this run going as long as possible. I'm, that's the team yeah. I'm rooting for. No, well, I'm I rooting think, for them. That's for I think sure everybody. I think everybody would agree. Yeah, yeah I absolutely agree with you. Which is a nice segue into our question from Chris Mitchell, who, by the way, drops this nugget of news as well in wrestling. Beat number two Augsburg twenty to thirteen, um, in just a battle of the of the battles. Um, Who's the last? That is when there when there's wrestlingville. That that'll be the oh, that'll be the big thing. If there's wrestlingville, about. then we've gone off the deep end because I like the sport but know nothing about the sport. <laughs> oh, little... you guys got you guys got to come to a regional. You guys. Oh, I don't disagree. Here, I say this. Listen, I enjoy watch wrestling. I enjoy it when it's on in the Olympics, and I enjoy it when I run into it when it's on the TV. The irony was I've been I've been filling in at, at Navy a little bit for broadcasting. It's been a wonderful opportunity. And anytime there's an opening, I say, hey, I'm available. And I jump at it. Well, there's one wrestling. And I went, um. um hey, Dave, I got I'm... it perfect for me. Next year, the Division Three Wrestling Championship is in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, so there you go. there's you. Well, that's a, not a bad idea there, sir. I might take you up on that one. I'll tell um, you what. I mean, we're on our campus. We're always talking about what would be the next logical sport to add. I've been saying wrestling now for three years, and I, but, that would be the perfect sport to add. I agree with you, but ironically, it's always the one that's cut. No, yeah. well, there's been <laughs> Division be Three has had this surge of membership, Dave. We're up near a hundred members. We've had three three new members this year alone. Oh, that's great! Oh, that's so, outstanding! Yeah. No, it's, it's awesome. Uh, okay, then, then I, I'll sorry, take that sorry, back. I'm sorry for the tangent. No, it's all it's right. Mitchell's still, Mitchell. I loved it. It's happy hour. <laughs> yeah, anyway, his question is: Who will be the last remaining women's team to be undefeated? Tufts, Amherst, St. Thomas, Thomas More, Ohio Northern, SUNY Geneseo. Granted, Amherst and Tufts will decide this tomorrow. Or if you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much. Um, that's a good one. I, I what could what would probably be is not one of them will probably still be undefeated with a national championship. But who do you think is the last one standing out of that group? I mean, out of the regular season, I'm going to say Geneseo just because they have the more favorable schedule. Regular season, sure. Yeah. Well, I'll wow. give that to Thomas Moore. Ira, Thomas Moore hasn't lost like a league game in like ten years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I actually would give that to Thomas Moore over Geneseo. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> but if it if it's period, I no, we're talking the whole thing here. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to go against Thomas Moore. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Thomas because I think once we get into the tournament, they're gonna have a couple more rounds before they really get challenged than some of those other teams. Okay. Um, right Lenny? Well, I said Thomas Moore earlier this afternoon, so I, I guess I got I got to stick with I got to stick with Thomas Moore. Um, as far as yeah, I mean I don't <laughs> think get challenged till the second weekend of the tournament already, and so I, I yeah I mean I until until I see somebody you know keep it within twenty or something of them, um, I have to say Thomas Moore. So I'm gonna go off on one because I've learned my lesson. Beginning of the season, I had a little bird chirp in my ear that 
their team was going to go undefeated and win the national title, and it was a team that was not voted number one. They're voted high, but not number one. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this person also had told me that the top 20, uh, the, the, the NESCAC would be eight teams deep on the men's side. And I said, yeah, whatever. Well, the NESCAC is eight teams deep. And this particular looking much better than I thought they were. I've got Amherst. I'm going to take Amherst all the way uh, to the title at this point in time. Uh, by the way, Thomas Moore has won 107 straight conference games. <laughs> I mean, the wait, there's no way they've won 107 straight conference yeah, well, games. Doesn't Regis have that record? Well, no. Well, there's 30, I mean, 30 of them are invalid right now or something. Oh, look at you. Oh. And Regis is, is that they just haven't lost, right? Regis is, yeah, I guess that's what it is. No? Regis just hasn't lost because they've been, they haven't been in that conference that long. Yeah, but no, but there's dates back to midway through the Triple C. Regis is at, but I thought Regis had the record. Maybe they have the record now because Thomas Moore, you're right, lost you know, a good chunk of them yeah. there that one year. Yeah, um, by the way, like Jeff Henson's jumping in on the wrestling bandwagon. OC Wrestling won the MIA title tonight with a 42-3 route of trine. Uh, we're, 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 we're jumping off the, the rails, but that's usually when the... Um, uh, Ira Thor. I don't even know how to score wrestling. Is that every point <laughs> in every match? Well, and that's so there's ten. Uh, here exactly. you go. We'll give it to you real quick. Ten weight classes. You get six points for a pin. Okay. Five points for a technical fall. Four uh, four points for a major decision. Three points for a decision. How many uh, do you get for a tap out? <laughs> for a tap. Out. <laughs> uh, old friend of mine, Dana Davis, is watching the show. Hi, Dana, and Frank Rossi joining. He says, Lenny and Ira, this is an SID dream team tonight. <laughs> We're going to start a podcast when Ira rotates off the board. So oh, boy. Gonna... <laughs> that could be dangerous and ugly all at the same time. That, um, that's the name. That is the name of the dangerous podcast. And ugly. Yeah, yeah, you guessed it. Yeah, how'd you guess it? You're How'd welcome. You I will be and charging the, for my services. The secret is they're not actually going to mention sports at all. It's going to be a podcast about everything else. That's <laughs> exactly. I'll do it. I'll do it here. <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, you take in a wrestling match between Reich and McHugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem is, I, I Lenny and I'd be laughing too much. <laughs> and, and then I'll come in with the steel chair. Yeah, there you go. We'll make it true professional wrestling uh, as, it, as it has been. Hey, uh, let me see, hit on a couple of hard topics here while some other people get some questions. I, I just want to get reactions. We kind of touched on it uh, on already, but you guys kind of danced around it too. Your overall reactions to the Thomas Moore case, um, or let's, let's start it this way. The overall reaction to the Baruch, Thomas Moore, and Stevens Point cases that we've been dealing with in the last six months. <laughs> the deep, the deep breath and the pregnant pause might have been exactly what I was looking for. I can talk. I'm not employed by any NCAA institution, so I don't. <laughs> I, I, Go for it. Um, I just, and I don't mean in a, in a demeaning way. I just mean the, you know, I, what's this mean? But go ahead. Well, I just, I, I mean, clearly the NCAA is trying to to make sure that the D three schools know that they're going to take things seriously moving forward. You know, um. Baruch to me just seems completely egregious. You know, they they mm -hmm. knew what they were doing, and they did it anyway. And that seems a completely different category from from the others. Even though Stevens Point probably should have known better, you know, it's not the same level. And and you know, I get I guess what the NCAA is trying to do is, you know, bring the hammer down a little bit to to keep everybody in line. But 
Yeah, I don't I don't see any really any of those three as, as super similar. No, they're definitely no, not I, similar. I, I would agree with that. I think the Baruch situation, you know, there was the thing at uh, Kane a few a couple years yes. ago. And, uh, Baldwin Wallace had some things with uh, with financial aid, some other yeah. thing. I mean, there's some there were some definitely, you know, worse things than um, than, uh, you know, the you know, uh, I Thomas Moore thing was definitely an interpretation issue, although, you know, looking at it. Uh, from afar, looking back on it in hindsight, it looks like like come on guys, like you gotta yeah. you gotta pay attention to that stuff or or dot the i's and cross the t's, um, especially when you're dealing with who you're dealing with. And I and I don't know, you know, it's hard to I don't know how you penalize or what you do with that. And you know, obviously everybody knows they won the games and everything else. And I know that's what the NCAA does, but it's um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, compliance is 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 a serious thing, and I don't know if we'll ever get to the point like Division Two where there's has to be a designated, you know, full time staff member that that's what they do. Compliance is serious stuff, and and uh, um, it's something and you know, Ira, me, a, hundred, a thousand other people work really hard on all the time. Even if you know my job doesn't involve compliance directly, but I mean, I, there's times where we're always helping check things and make things, yeah. things are okay. Yeah. And Lenny, you hit a topic there of, uh, of whether this needs to be mandatory. I've talked to a couple ADs. One of them told me how he came in. He has D1 and, D th- and D2 experience as well and said, how do we not have this? And he fought to get it added, and they added it. And then I got told through another grapevine that basically Stevens Point has considered this exact same thing after this started and decided against it. And I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and my question is this, especially when a lot of coaches end up being the compliance person uh, in the department, and while a second person may be there as a double check, how have we not ruled this a, a conflict of interest? Well, obviously, it's it's kind of like professional golf. You know, you're calling your own fouls for the most part here. I mean, it's it's your, your um, you know, I... I, I you know, you're dealing with such a wide swath, a diversity of schools, and of course, one of the one of the foundations of Division Three yes. is institutional autonomy and yep. institutions. You know, um, having that kind of control, and it's it's really hard. Uh, it's really hard to tell schools how to staff their departments. Um, you know, the thing about Division Two, similar to Division One, is the schools for the most part are set up very similar. It's, yeah. it, there's a much there's a much narrower um, type of, and um, it's it's a little more. There's a little more f- flexibility to do some of those things. I, I, you know, I do agree that trying to pass a rule, like in Division Two, they passed a rule recently. There's a grandfather, but basically that you cannot be an AD and a coach, which we know is very prevalent in Division Three. That got passed in D two. It would never f- Division Three, just as indi- is mandating a compliance person full-time by themselves in Division Three is never going to comply. My conflict of interest comment is, how do we have coaches who are compliance? Because they're in itself, and I can tell you a story sometime, and I'll probably rather say it off I guarantee you the choice she made was a conflict of interest because she wanted it for her program. Does well, that make sense? And that might be where there might have to be a clause that there has to be an alternate um, compliance person. Yeah, that it's true. When it's not when your sports involved, then you have to turn it over to. I the mean, if you're worried person. about integrity of who you've hired on your coaching staff, then 
you got bigger problems than who you're complying. I don't with. know. I don't know if it's an integrity thing there, but I think no. the time that your team is involved, there might be a bias that whether you realize it or not, the way you interpret something. Z, that was that's where yeah. I, th- I think her opinion on the issue that I'm talking about is is based on her opinion on what the topic was, and so she read it in a certain way to go, oh, it's totally fine. We can do that, and in reality, no, you can't. And I think it's because she also didn't want something else in play. I, I, I'd have basically has to come down to she. It has to come down to being, uh, being on demand, available to the public, or not being available, and then who can access those videos. And her interpretation was that she could read that the videos could be handed out to the team as part of film study. When I know full well the NCAA said no, if you have on demand video, you can't be passing out password to people. Now, Lenny, you and I have talked this off air about other issues, but anyway, this is why we're getting into the minutia here. But that's why I'm saying she didn't want people to see her games, but she wants to use them as she like she's trying to find loopholes when they clearly aren't there, and that's where I wonder if th- these issues come up. Um, and well, again, we have 440, uh, 450 Division three schools out there. This is this is complicated. I mean, also that- every school has different, obviously allocation of resources exactly in the in the NJAC, you know and i I think it's safe to say that at every school in the NJAC, that uh, compliance officer is a full-time staff member and or assistant ad i know on our campus ad is the compliance officer does not coach Um, i can't think of an example in the NJAC where you have a coach who's does compliance it's usually a former coach and that's great coaching i like that system um but obviously we also have fairly good resources as uh, as 10 right. state schools right exactly there, well, there there's one school there's not one division three school <laughs> i venture to guess maybe almost in the great lakes region that doesn't have a that has a dedicated compliance person i probably, that probably do say some that. other that doesn't do some other job yeah outside of just being an assistant ad um that's probably a fair point uh, ryan your thought and then we'll move on well I, the one thing with all of this that it feels like especially talking to coaches that needs to come out as the NCAA needs to do a better job of, of giving guidance on some of these things. Um, you know, I talked to two coaches this week who are just up in arms with their schools because their athletic department doesn't let them talk to their players until October 15th. They don't, you know, they can have like a, a two hour meeting, but they can't, they can't have study hall. They can't do anything while there are other teams in their conferences doing those things, having study halls, having, you know, academic meetings, um, with their players. And, and I think, you know, that's really going to become more of an issue is which schools are things, which ways. And if the NCAA is going to have sanctions or, or come down on teams, they need to do a better job of letting the schools know what's good and what's not. Well, on the, the flip side to that is, is there's always a, you know, anybody can pick up a phone and call the NCAA. So it's not like it's, you know, I mean, it's not, I I mean, the, I, you know, I think sometimes people don't call their, conference office because maybe they don't want yeah. somebody else to know yeah. but they don't call the NCAA and, and well, check well and the NCA mandates you go to meetings uh, mandates a certain amount of those meetings yep. they have Regional rules meetings center. out there you can go to them you don't have to go them the minimum amount of time you can go to them the maximum amount of time and they will tell you as they did in the Baruch case the Thomas More case we have a, an entire department at headquarters that is a <laughs> phone call away just pick up the phone and that's what they got angry at Thomas Moore about was li- listening to folklore and not picking up the phone and going, you know, maybe I should just double check. So, Ryan, I understand that point. But I think the, the bigger thing here is, hey, schools, get off 
often quit assuming but, things and make a I, phone call. I do think, Ryan, you're right that I think they, that one of the rule things that they need to look at is similar to what Division One and Division Two have is you want to give coaches, you know, we're, we're all in the business of getting kids through school and retaining kids yes. and, and helping them make the transition. I think the idea of basketball coaches, now I understand their season's really long, but every other sport for the most part has some sort of non-traditional season that allows the coach some kind of contact yeah. um, in the off season. And, and I think basketball, it would, it would better everything if basketball coaches not, not to have practice, but have no. a way of, of having contact with even having one-on-one or maybe small group work where they could have some interaction with a kid so that those, so that, you know, that, that 18 year old that's coming away from home for the first time in August and, and isn't going to start practice until October 15th, that there's some kind of connection to community and, and those kind of things that go on. Now, I know the naysayers will talk about abuses or practice, know, abuses the same people to that vote against spring football and all these other things. But, um, but um, I, think there, I think there could be something where basketball coaches need to politic for that. That type of a thing. Um, well, like, Ryan, well, real quick, Ryan, just to have some fun, Lenny, there was an article written about that uh, in the preseason by <laughs> me. Um, but I'll give you credit because you had football. I, I'm not going to, I'm just having some fun with you. But no, that's what I touched on. And and I, and there's, my ideas were not perfect. Um, but you're right. I think we need to look. Now, the problem is basketball coaches are going to have to give something up. Um, and my opinion was we don't need a four week preseason. Um, I think you can give up some time there, but you know, uh, I digress. Ryan, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say one of the things that was opened my eyes this year doing the the column that I did on recruiting was just how involved um, so many of the coaches are, especially at the academically rigorous private schools. They are essentially the admissions officers for those players. Correct. You know, they're the ones walking them through the system, and so you have this person who's been basically your only point of contact with the school for your whole time. And then you campus and they can't talk to you anymore. That's just a really difficult thing. Well, especially when they say holding on to freshmen. It's something that kids aren't accustomed to now because of AU, because of their high school programs, whatever else that they're constantly around it. And yeah, then all of a sudden it's, well, you know, well, and how many, how many athletes have we been, do you know, tell you that they're better structured when they're in season than they are out of season. And as a former athlete, I was lucky. My season started before the school season started. I was a soccer player. So my schedule was set the moment I came in as a freshman. And especially considering I had had a gap year, I was able to get back into the swing of things. And really for the early part of my college days, I was in pretty good shape. The tougher seasons were the spring seasons. So now we're asking basketball guys to come in, acclimate themselves, not get a chance to kind of be into things with their coaches as some point out. Yes, you can go see the coach, but I didn't go see my coach whenever the, whenever I felt like it. And I certainly didn't go see my coach and talk to him about everything I had going on. And I would never have done that when I walked in on campus, my freshman year. I want to see pictures of you in shape. Well, they're pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, imagine see, a lot, a lot lighter one school. And, we were, I mean, athletes were around their team all the time. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there was never a time where they weren't, they weren't around, uh, yeah. you know, in the offices or exactly. uh, locker rooms or buildings or whatever else. And I get where the presidents come for, and I, and, and I get the abuse thing. I just think we, we've overthought it to some degree. And I think the rules were also put in place by presidents who were a little 
higher than they are now in the world in, in their thinking. And I think nowadays it's a better understanding of where athletics fits in the college life. Um, and there's certainly a better understanding of where colleges or athletics fit in the terms of keeping a college afloat. Oh, and, right. That's going to be the big challenge going forward. Right. Money. And I think and college college, college presidents, and I can think of a few at schools that have changed presidents, may be able to be swayed to, towards a little bit more reasonable thing. Don't get me wrong. I do not want this turned into D1. I do not want this turned into that's all you do. Let them have their life, but at the same time, let them have maybe a little bit more access to their coaches, I think is a fair and reasonable argument. When you also consider basketball, ice hockey, and I would guess wrestling, Lenny can correct me on that, um, maybe bowling, Ira, um, they're the only ones who don't have, the coaches don't have access to them the moment they walk on the campus. Because even the yeah. false, even the spring sports have access to them the moment they walk on campus. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any example where they do. The winter sports are the only ones that are left out, you know, hanging for six to, to eight weeks. But so. on the other side, if your coach is a strength and conditioning coach, you know, they can run off-season workouts if they're. Uh, and that's where it know, gets <laughs> gets murky again. <laughs> um, but and that there there are plenty of coaches that have yes, a strength that's true. conditioning coach written into their contract, yeah. and they have access with their kids. Oh yeah, and, and that's what and that's what some of the naysayers will say is. Look, it's that's going on at plenty of places already. Yeah. And by the way, when the uh, Denison uh, head coach says he popped his head in on open pre an open gym, I did my best not to re Um I know what he <laughs> meant and I knew what he was trying to do, but I went, Oh, please don't say that. Rankings now. That's the other thing that you know, when the FDU Florum thing came down, Gordon made a joke to me off uh you know, on, on Instant Messenger or something. Um I did the mid Atlantic column last year a quote um, from Mark who said he talked about during the Villanova championship game that he called one of his players and talked about strategies they could put in for the next year. Um, and I realized the first thing Gordon said was, he didn't get fired for that, did he? You know, <laughs> or suspended for that. And <laughs> it's just so many things that you question. And it feels yeah. like that that maybe is a little too tight for the Division Three level to be thinking about. Well, you know, I think we need to wait to see what the report says. Or, you know, I think we have to wait to see the Stevens report, Stevens right. Point report to understand truly what was going on. Because I think some people are extrapolated out further than it really was. Though, you know, when Alex Ritchie comes on the show and, and doesn't have a comment about open gyms and coaches showing up, uh, it certainly is telling. Um, let me get back to basketball, guys. Got a question. Um, some of you could probably answer this. Uh, Ryan, certainly. I don't know if the other guys have an opinion. Who wins the Centennial Conference on the men's and women's side? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and uh -huh. Ryan Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the centennial men is the most confusing thing that i have i have seen in a long time have you seen the skack men yet uh <laughs> I, I i have no i have no earthly clue who wins the centennial i, I made this bold prediction in november that fnm wouldn't even make the conference tournament they might not look like they're gonna win the whole thing no 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 uh, no no go look at the standings but if they lose two games, uh, well, Muhlenberg lost the other night, so it's, it's doubtful FNM will drop below fifth. But oh, I don't know. They they would have to lose out in order to miss, I think, at this point. It might it might be true. I'm gonna go on a dark horse. I'm gonna pick. Um... No, I can't. I can't pick her sign. There's no one to pick. No, nope. there's no one in that conference to pick right he, now. Here's my thing. I've been. Taking I'm gonna pick Hopkins. <laughs> well, you're gonna pick FNM. No, 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 no. Oh. I said I was going to say that <laughs> I've, I've taken FNMs uh, so many times where I've gotten burned. Yeah. That
this year, I'm going with Hopkins. <laughs> Don't blame you. I yeah, by the way, Muhlenberg's two games back. That's what I, I, I voted Swarthmore way too high in the preseason poll because I really believe they have a strong team, but they, they have just not been in sync the last month or so, and yeah. Hopkins seems like the right pick to me, too. <laughs> yeah, Hopkins has won seven straight here, though Bill knows funny when I talk to him. Uh, F&M is, and Dickinson are two games clear in Muhlenberg right now. Um, yeah. But you never know what might happen. Uh, Lenny, I assume you don't probably have a thought on the men's side. No, I mean, I would only say Hopkins since I spent Thanksgiving weekend on on their campus, and, oh. you know, and I thought that interview hey, you had was thanks was for great. the call. <laughs> hey, well, I mean, you knew where we were at. I mean, yeah, we were right there. Semi my fault, too. you got a good point. Uh, women's side of this, Haverford's got a game lead on Muhlenberg and a game who's got a half game lead on Gettysburg, who's got a half game lead on Dickinson. You get my point. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, Haverford out of this one, but Muhlenberg's making a run back here. I picked Muhlenberg for the regular season. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's all he's got. I don't blame you. Well, I was gonna. I was debating. I think that Dickinson team can sneak up on people, and so I was. I'll just do it. They can pick Dickinson to win the tournament. That's uh, not a bad pick. I, I can see where you're going. By the way, the Centennial right. in the Mid Atlantic is going to be the two that are uh, the two conferences that get the least amount of picks. Um, Lenny, I'll start with this one. How crazy good. We talked about the Great Lakes women, but and I don't know if you paid attention to the Mid-Atlantic women. I think the Great Lakes and Mid-Atlantic women are the two deepest regions on the women's side this year. And we are definitely going to get in those two regions teams left at home who easily could be in the tournament if they weren't in those two regions. Uh, no question. Uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think... Uh... Definitely, uh, you know, you look at maybe Trine and the MIAA uh, might be left out if they don't, you know, win the automatic bid and and would end up losing, you know, if they, you know, if they lose to Hope the last game and, and would lose to Hope in the tournament and go, you know, basically 0-3 against Hope. And I don't know, you know, off the top of my head where that would put their record. But, I mean, be a team like that, a team like uh, Wilmington, the second-place team in the Ohio, who, you know, I mean, they're going to finish – you know, probably at least three games behind Ohio Northern in the standings, but they could still win up, upwards of twenty some games and and not and not get in. So yeah, so I I, I, I yeah, I definitely think uh, um, the Great Lakes is super deep um, with teams uh, definitely at the top and and uh, how that trickles down. You know, like I said, it'll be these first uh, these first rankings will be interesting to see how you know how how they put everybody together. Um, Ryan, you've seen the women on in the Mid-Atlantic side. I mean, it's it's. I mean, the there's conferences that are four teams deep on top. Yeah. Um, that, uh, you're talking about a team that potentially could get left out that would just be mind-boggling, or well, no, just in general, I'm just talking about the fact that it's going to happen, possibly happen. Lenny picked a good one out of trying and. And, and, and whatnot. I mean, the Mid-Atlantic, if you really want to go there, Scranton's playing themselves into that position, but I doubt it will happen. But Well, that's it. I mean, how many more losses can they take? Yeah, they've lost three you know, of four. It, it's it's going to be difficult with how many teams have, have good records. Um, you know, uh, if, if they don't get that AQ, that's going to mean at least one more loss, right? And yeah. uh, at, at some point, you're getting into some dicey area. Hey, Lenny, you gave me a great question uh, earlier today that I almost brushed off, and I'm so glad I didn't. And I asked the question to the women's coach at Cornell. It was the first guest of the day, actually. Um, and you asked about Ty Saban on the men's side of things. Interesting note here. 
Um, first off, Ty, uh, we got a question at the end of this, uh, but Ty, Ty Saban right now averaging 29.9 points a game. Um, do you know the last time we didn't have a Grinnell player lead the nation in scoring? Uh, that'd be a great tri- trivia question. I do not. It is Lamar. Thomas of Johnson and Wales back in 2011-2012. Sorry, Rye. Interestingly (laughs) enough, that's also the last time we had a 30-plus point scorer. Do you guys think Ty can do it? He's at 29.9. Do you think he can score more than 30 on average this season? Um, Without knowing... uh, Well, I think Rippon's already played St. Norbert, uh, so I don't think... uh, They'll play him one more time, and and they played Grinnell the two times. So that'll be, you know, that'll be a tough... That'll be a tough game, so... um, uh, Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I saw there... There's a video floating around of... He scored 53 in a game earlier, and there's a video floating around of where they, they cut it up where it's the 53, all 53 points, and it was uh, it was incredible to watch. Yeah. I mean, what a what a we showed we showed that on Hoopsville. It was insane. It was insane. Yeah, I mean, he made shots from everywhere, outside, inside, yeah. driving. You know, I mean, um, yeah. So so it'd be neat. It'd be neat to see if he could do it. It'd be it'd be a neat thing to see. Well, I mean, if you're looking me... at the schedule here, they got Lake Forest, yeah, La- Lawrence, Illinois. Lawrence and Knox to finish the year. So five games. He's at what? 29.5 right now? 29.9. 29. Well, so he's going to have to average, you know, if he averages like 30, maybe 30.4, that'll pretty much lock it up. The question is, though, he may not average more than 20 minutes against any of those teams. Yeah, that's a trick. (laughs) That's a trick. You're almost kicking yourself for the Grinnell games and not just handing them the ball every time. (laughs) Well, he doesn't score much against Grinnell. That's what I'm saying. That's crazy. But I think I think what happens against Grinnell is the system forces you not to play a ton of minutes because Agreed. you're you're running the whole well, game. Well, and the, and the best, other thing is that it forces you into into just dumping it inside. Right. Your post players get you get tons of rebounds. Your post guys score a ton of points. That's usually how people attack it. Uh, wrapping he's things up here. He's averaging thirty three minutes a game, so I got a feeling he'll probably play plenty of minutes. Yeah, but I mean, true. Lawrence is terrible. I, he, no, oh, I understand. <laughs> the chances of him playing a lot of minutes in those games, I don't think, are very good. The Lake yeah. Forest game, I don't think that's a gimme. I mean, they got he'll have, he'll have a senior. He's, I mean, they'll. I, I would imagine they might let him ride. I mean, he's a senior. With, I mean, what else? I mean, <laughs> what else? Yeah, what else uh, wrapping things up here on the Hoopsville Marathon as we've gone through an extra bonus hour. We're going to get going. We're not doing fourteen tonight. Um, uh, it turns out I got to get up early and take the kids to school. Thanks to my wife's beautiful timing. Um, so I'm, you know, exhaustion is setting in, uh, any other things in division three basketball guys to talk about? Obviously got regional rankings coming out on Wednesday. It'll be the first set a reminder that the last two weeks, week two and three will count towards results versus regionally ranked opponents. Uh, we will also see the final region rankings in week four once the brackets have been released which will be monday february uh, 28 correct um of course i'll shamelessly say we've got the hoops home our fundraiser going on uh it's been a little bit quiet but we've uh, we're about seven percent of the way to the goal uh quieter day than i expected but we didn't push it as much um but there you go any uh, any other anything else that you guys think uh, is important to talk about right now before we get going well, I, I've got a I've got a question for the group. I guess is uh, so in April the NCAA is going to announce the sites for championships Ooh. from 2019 through 2022. Um, 
do you think there's a chance that men's basketball, since women moves all over the place all the time, but do you think there's a chance that men's basketball will move? That's a great question. I will wait to the end. I mean, there's always a chance. I don't know what the other bids are and, and obviously for selling, but to me, having experience for so many years, what the ODAC does down in Salem to me makes this a, a special championship every year. Their staff does such a fantastic job of putting on a, a first-rate event. I mean, so for me personally, I hope it stays right where it is. Yeah, I would say, I, I mean, I, I think there's a chance that it could move somewhere, but the problem is then where is it going to go? You know, I've been participating on these message boards for 20 years, and there's been so many times that people try to find another site that would make sense, and there just aren't any. And then you add in the, the way that they do it in Salem, and the, you know, the event that they put on and the way they treat everybody, it, it just doesn't feel like there's an alternative that's going to be able to compete with that bid. Well, I, I haven't I haven't been to basketball, but I have been to Salem once or twice. A couple and, uh, times? A couple times. A couple what's times. So, <laughs> and, and seen championship uh, events there. So, yeah, I agree. They do uh, do an unbelievable job. And I think, like Ryan said it right, like I, I don't know what would be the next logical place to go. I, I, I don't know where. Where, I mean, I'm sure there'll be places that bid, but I mean, where? where well, Dave, we I mean, up, you, you and here. I, Dave McHugh and I saw this firsthand because the ODAC, the soccer championship uh, awarded to them after it was pulled from North Carolina. And Dave, what they have? Six to eight weeks to put that together? They had 60 days. They did an amazing job. And if, if they do that good of a job in a, such a short window of time, you know the kind of quality of work that that conference, JJ, and and they well, and by the way, the city of Salem as well. Doing. Yeah, no, of course, I don't yeah. want to leave them out, but you know, if well, Dave, we do that your, in sixty what days. Was, it's it's amazing. To yeah. Me. What's your uh, what? what well, I, I would assume we know where you're going to go, Dave. But what do you think on that? So here's what I think is kind of interesting across the board. First off, I thought the last cycle gave us the most promising. If you're looking for it to move, it gave you the most promising opportunity. As Calvin had put in for it and became a finalist to take it. I thought what was surprising there was it didn't go. And I don't mean that because Salem didn't deserve it. I thought Calvin's facilities and Calvin's location made it a... I would say it would be really cool if it did go to a campus... And and I, I guess that that can kind of spring off a, a tangent question is um, you know which which facility would you think would uh, well was, would you like I mean I, I mean obviously I think most of us would say you know Hope or Calvin would be I mean it's hard to match what they have as far as a Division three basketball facility well and, and that's a, from, well there's if actually the game was at Hope the game would sell out no matter whether Hope or Calvin were playing in the game or not just because right. of those fans people are about well you would think i went to the women's final four in in holland and it didn't and i know calvin hasn't sold out here's here's a couple so here's a couple things i thought calvin would take it calvin did not get it vanderstreek was on the committee and from what everything i heard was vanderstreek was honest about their ability to maybe duplicate salem and not you know and i may be putting something in in kevin's mouth so do not quote me calvin fans do not lose your mind a couple tricks here Calvin has basically said they're done with this. They're no longer interested in hosting. So this will be a Calvin for women's basketball this year, and then they're done. And that may include volleyball. It sounds wow. like they're no longer 
and hosting these things. So it depends, as Ira or Ryan said, I think Ira said it, it depends, or Lenny, frack, I don't, one of you guys, who's in for the bid? And I tried this week to figure it out, and I haven't been able to. Who's got those bids up there? And those meetings are going on right now. Right now. Yeah, the basically meetings. the committee earlier on the show the committees have the the bids they're now looking them over they got till mid-february to let the ncaa know who their finalist is it doesn't sound like the ncaa is going to do finalists and maybe they are maybe they're just going to say hey here's who the bidders were and we'll tell you who the winner was um but they got to get them in by mid-february and then the beginning of march the final answer so in other words they hey we want so-and-so to host and they got two weeks to change their mind right then but then we got six weeks right we wait six weeks to find out who actually gets the bid the if, one thing I will say, if if they're going to move it, I think it's going to be because there's some place near a major airport. N- well, no. Uh, Here's the trick. At least one person on the committee that I have been told has made a concerted effort to move it for no particular reason. <laughs> um, I from the what I gather is the point of con- we should just move it. Why is it always at Salem? And to be honest with you. I, I think the person is is frustrated that the rest of the committee is like, why? Um, I think the rest of the committee needs to see a an argument by a bid put in place. And then, as Lenny certainly knows and Ira has alluded to, you need to have this bid be able to meet what Salem's already doing. You gotta knock out the champ. You gotta knock out the champ. Yeah, and you and to, you you're to, not you gonna be able to, to do big enough. You have to do something big enough um, to 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 blow people away that they would that they would do it. And that maybe in basketball that might be you know harder to uh, so, um, you know I don't know about I don't know about football, but I know in I know in basketball maybe that's maybe that's harder to do. Well, and here's um, the kicker. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I I, I to me Division three is about in a lot of ways. You know the experience and the community. That to me, I think that's a very part, important part of Division Three experience, and I think Salem has given it uh, these championships that consistency that it needs, and that consistent quality experience that these student athletes, you know, really deserve. That you know, at the Division One level, there's resources to have these championships. You know that you can move from different sites to. You know, each year it's going to be a unique, different experience. I think it's important that number one, you have that community uh, but, around Salem that really embraces this championship. But Ira, I would say other championships move all the time, and they're ran, they're ran at a high level track. I know, but it also is in yeah. some way also, and I, I was going to say it's kind of become a tradition now too, where as it's got a home. Well, well you got the road that, to say but, but I also think that I also think that there's yeah. I think there's people in the membership that feel like, you know, that that the championship should move around just to reflect that the, the all over the country that that shouldn't that it shouldn't always be in Virginia just because it's always been in in so, Virginia. So one of the twists that I think is interesting though is on the women's side. Pat Manning said it earlier on this show. We've had others like Bobby Morgan allude to it as well, that the women are actually looking for a permanent home. Tired of moving around, um, that it isn't working that way. And, 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 and listen, all championships are different because Ira, I would, or Lenny, I would agree with you that I think in some championships, it's neat when it moves around, but women are tired of it. They're frustrated with it. Next year, it will go to Rochester, Minnesota. Um, and then that's when the bid cycles up. 
that the women are itching for an opportunity to move it somewhere. Um, I have a feeling, because Salem did this last bid cycle, they put in for the women as well. And with the new Roanoke College facility, I have a feeling that Salem has put in for the women. I don't know. Maybe they put it in for the Civic Center, or maybe they put it in for Roanoke College. I don't know. Pat Manning said, is the first person who said this on the record, I think is interesting. Looking for a common site for both championships. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I can't imagine anybody doing it other than uh, <laughs> other than um, Salem. Light behind him. That's why. Light the, lights, the light behind you is fighting you. I'm not a professional. You know. I know. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I got a ton of light flooding me in front. But that's what's interesting here. So if the women are looking for a common site so they don't move around and or the men and women are looking for a site for both championships... I don't see this leaving Salem. I just, and by the way, I think what Salem did in soccer, and by the way, they're hosting women's, they're hosting women's across. Who they, who did I think? I think they, I think Salem actually beat out Baltimore for Division Three women's soccer, uh, lacrosse, if you can believe it. Send beer and food. Um, Salem beat out Baltimore for women's Division Three lacrosse. I, I Salem may be solidifying themselves even more. Um, that being said, Salem is always worried they're going to lose these championships. Always worried. Oh, and and they work at it, and they and they work at it, and they're striving to improve. I mean, they've yeah. done, you know, I, you know, in the eleven consecutive years that I was there, I, I, or that you know we've been there, they they've always done things differently, or, yeah. or tried to be willing to listen to things. So um, agreed. So, yeah. No, well, I, yeah, I, I think uh, the decision comes out in mid-April. Um, I don't know. Here's an interesting thing. Let's say Salem had it at Roanoke College for the women and Salem Civic Center for the men. I'd be interested to see if the, if both committees would go to either locate, go there at the same time, um, despite the fact that turn, the championships are a couple miles from each other. Um, I'd rather see them both at the Salem Civic Center and make one heck of a weekend out of it. I think that could work, and you'd rotate it. So one year you have the women play first and the men play second, and the next year you have the men play first and the women play second. The curveball to that is right now CBS Sports Network is broadcasting the men's championship game and not letting anybody see it, um, and they dictate the time. <laughs> conversation. Um, <laughs> Lenny looks 10 years younger in the light. We should take the pen away from Ira. <laughs> Um, just a thought, but no, Lenny, that's a really good one. And I think, I think the next few months are going to be telling, and I'm going to certainly try and dig and find out what, what we hit, what we got ahead. Granted, as you point out, this is for 20. So we, uh, we've, yeah, 2019 yeah, we still got through 20, through 2022. 2022. Yeah. So we know where, we know where, uh, Mount union has a permanent, um, condo that they've bought. So, well, yeah, uh, we hope so. You rented it out Time, this year. I time assume. Share. Yeah. Timeshare down in the, the Roanoke Valley. Um, all right, guys, I, I got something else, unless you guys have something. I think we, we can wrap this baby up. Any other thoughts? Uh, I'll give you a final word. That's not what I'm asking for, but any other topics you want to tackle before we sign off? Do we want to tease? Uh, I know you mentioned it briefly earlier, Dave. Do we want to tease the opening weekend plans? Oh, we could probably do that. Sure. Do you so, want to talk about it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'll let you fill in. So basically, Ira and Lenny, you might find this interesting. And by the way, uh -huh. hint, hint, if you're hosting, we may be calling you. Um, we are working with the NCAA to possibly get permissions. So what we will do, we will still do this in some capacity or another, whether we get permissions or not. Um, we will 
Ryan, Gordon, and I will not be traveling the opening weekend of the tournament. We will come here to the Hoops Hill Studios, and we will do a NFL Red Zone-esque whip-around and conversations about games all Friday and when games are taking place and Saturday for the opening rounds of the tournament. Uh, so we'll, make sure it should be like another marathon for you, Dave. Yeah, with, with help. <laughs> I better um, make sure the live video is not glitchy. Well, I'll be able to see that, obviously. But we'll dip into um, games when we need to. We'll comment on games. If, if there's no commentator at a game, we can talk over ourselves. If we feel like picking up, we'll pick up the commentator. Um, <laughs> we'll break it. You know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll analyze ends of games, set up other games. And just kind of just go around the country. Gordon and Ryan being in studio will certainly make that more helpful as well. And then on top of that, we'll get people like an Adam Turr or somebody else who goes to some events to, to come in and give us recaps of games, maybe coordinate with SIDs to get coaches on, the, uh, on afterward, after results and stuff like that, and really make it kind of a, a whip around and post-game effect. Uh, many hours, certainly, but with two other guys here, it's a lot easier that way. Hello. <laughs> is he Blake? He is. Oh, very nice. Um, so that's yeah, Ryan. Your point, your thoughts on it, because uh, I think you kind of had some, somewhat of the of the seed of this one. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just it. It feels like now that we're not, you know, most of the schools are doing their own broadcasting. That's not something they're relying on on us to do. You know, going to a game, you you sort of miss thirty other games that are happening at the same time. And it just feels like we're better able to comment on what's happening and cover it um, because we know the background and everything of all the teams at the same time. Probably something we can do that nobody else can or, or will be doing. Brian, I, think it's, I think it's a great idea. You know, I, I think it's for you guys. Um, and and you, you all do such a wonderful job. And, you know, on behalf, I think, of and Lenny, We'll probably say the exact same thing. We all feel the same way about you guys. The work that you guys do to give Division Three schools a voice ended, and I think this is um, honestly taken to the next level. So I'm excited to hear this. Sorry, okay. yeah, I would, agree. I would agree. Yeah, we're we're we'll see. The reason we want to get permission from the NCAA is obviously a sign off and, and maybe an endorsement and certainly. Um, motion from then but more importantly we want to make sure dipping into the games is going to be okay i think if we didn't get that and i really don't think that's going to happen but if we didn't get it for some reason and we're not like we're going to broadcast the entire game so let's say lenny you're you're streaming the mount union games i, I know you might not be god there, i hope that, we are i hope that'd be exactly <laughs> exactly lenny there you go that's what i was looking for um if you're streaming the games we're not going to stream sit there and restream you the entire game it's more about, hey, look at this. And honestly, if the viewer wants to leave us and go to your game, so be it. That's That doesn't hurt our feelings because we're promoting the game and promoting your opportunity and maybe driving people to your game, so be it. But we'll dip in and go, hey, of this one, um, or let's, let's look at the midway second half looking like a pretty good game. Again, Mount Union's streaming that. If you want to check it out, we won't have our feelings hurt, but we're going to move on to another game. Just as somebody on Red Zone might go, oh, shoot, I want to watch that game and, and switch off Red Zone and go check out another game. So um, the idea is to see how it works. And we may see this in football if this works out successfully. Heck, <laughs> Ryan Gordon and I might do something even crazier and do it the next weekend. I doubt that. I think we'd rather be at sites for that. Um, but that's kind of where we're thinking. And we've grown this from doing uh, you know pregame and postgame in Salem for, uh, 
for courtside for games. And this is just another way of having a bigger bang. And as Ryan put it, you're right, Ryan. It is hard to follow games when you're at another site. Uh, people's like, oh, you're watching such and such game? No, I'm courtside at John Carroll. How am I supposed to watch six other games right now? <laughs> hey, did you see that John play? Carroll. No, I was watching the other game. <laughs> Especially at John Carroll. You you know, find a find a smaller gym and you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yourself Oh. Yeah, I nice. Lenny's right there. I had a random question for you. Is is there an official word on why your two stars didn't play the second half? Oh, 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 uh, well, oh, this awkward uh, moment brought to you by no, I'm just, <laughs> uh, 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 JJ Kakura, uh, our second leading scorer uh, with it. He uh, hurt himself in the first half. Okay. You're talking about the Marietta game. I'm yes, assuming. the Marietta game. And then uh, Miles Griffin uh, also got hurt in the first half. The incredible thing that you might have seen the box score, whatever, is we go down 21 early in the second half, come all the way back and tie it with a minute to go. And then lose by seven in the last minute, but uh, yeah, it's been a uh, it's been kind of a trying year for the a little bit of a transition for the men's team. You know, two years ago in the Sweet 16, now um, you know we graduated a lot of seniors off last year's team and trying to trying to get things moving. Jackson, our leading scorer, JJ Kakura, hopefully are both going to go over a thousand points here. Uh, wow! In the next week or so, and uh, um, yeah, it's it's just one of those kind of years. And in this conference, there's no uh, off nights, so we're we're taking we're taking our hits um, the best we can. But we've got a really talented team. Just uh, they really haven't played a complete game yet where we put it all together. But uh, we'll see uh, we'll see what happens. And that's the beauty of basketball, of course. If you get hot a couple weeks from now. Um, like our, our women's team did a year ago and um, went from the, you know, second seed, third seed to win the conference tournament. You know, it's uh, that's what we're hoping. For. That's why those guys, uh, I, as far as their status for Saturday, I'm not sure um, what their status is. I'll refer you to our head trainer, Bill Belichick. He'll tell you what our injury <laughs> oh, is. Oh, very nice. Sorry very to ask nice. you a real question at 1130 at night. Yeah, exactly. But just came to mind uh, by the way no, Brian. no it's a, it's a great that's a it's a great question obviously you weren't paying last night so you didn't get to see i'm surprised dave didn't say something about the pay-per-view stream and i you and i have talked well, off air i know what the situation is i've said it before i you and i are i'm not getting into that you <laughs> uh, you have your reasons now no you paper. you have your reasons we've talked about it i get your reasons i know there's other things right. going on so i don't want to get into it it's a messier situation I did complain um, to Dave, but normally I tweet those out when I hit the paywall. But I forgot to do that last last uh, time. Oh, well, there you go. Well, well, I will say we had two. We had two uh, great two people. Radio, we had three three radio broadcasts there last night, and two writers. So there's still still uh, media covering three basketball. NJCU basketball always free. Only when Ira, oh. you get me to fix your stream from afar, and I still haven't been paid. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> Ira's been getting a little too much free help. Uh, by the way, Brian Kipley says Ira Thor uh, knows people at the NCAA. Hey, I know people at the NCAA, too. I'm, we're working on it. I've got the right avenue. We just haven't gotten the final approval yet. And then Larry Radloff says, get the guy in the upper right a new beer, that guy being Ira Thor. Um, I, have to, I have to walk all the way to the garage. Yeah, i got to get a beer myself. Beer? I thought that was a beard uh, dig. Was it not a beard dig? Yeah, no, it's not a beard dig. No, it was no, a beer. It's beer. definitely beer. Um, Ryan, Ryan, what's some future? What's some future uh, columns that? There I you go. Good idea. Good idea. All right. So tomorrow's is interesting because I did the top ten point guards back in December, um, and then I got I solicited other uh, suggestions 
for point guards. And so we have a follow column highlighting another 10 point guards tomorrow, but they are not uh, anyone I ever would have found on my own. They're suggestions from readers. So three independent schools represented in there, um, including a really cool story, the, the kid Anthony Mosley, who is the point guard at Illinois Tech. Uh, he's a sophomore, really, really great player. He was the point guard for Jaleel Okafor's state championship high school team three years ago, four years ago, something like that. So uh, there's a few point guards that you probably have not heard of, but uh, worthy of recognition in the true D3 fashion. That's coming up Dave, tomorrow. Dave, have you, uh, as a Chicago, been to Illinois Tech? I mean, I, I have not. Know, Illinois Tech is, I've been to a basketball game at Illinois Tech. Have you? Well, the cool thing with Illinois Tech, it's at the 35th Street exit. Yes. It's right across from Comiskey. It's right across That's the That's probably why I haven't been there, Ira. So we can get the we can get the real story if we want to talk Illinois Tech. Their athletic director is Joe Hakes. Yes. Who uh, was the athletic director at Gordon College in yep. Massachusetts when I was at Eastern Nazarene, which are they're the two the only two Protestant schools in New England. And we had a bit of a rivalry going on. And he contacted me already this year to let me know that he remembers some of the things that I may have yelled at him. From <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Student. Oh, and that awkward were, moment. They were far worse than anything I ever remember actually saying. Uh-oh. So whether his memory is bad or mine, it doesn't look good for me anyway. I Dave, couldn't wait. Dave, the gym, the gym shakes when... Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it's oh, that that's awesome! The, it's that close to the track. Holy cow, that is yeah, awesome! It's, it's, it's the South Side. So it's, uh, uh, I believe there's a trip geared up to go to Chicago as a family this summer. Unfortunately, they don't play basketball. By the way, Ira is apparently going for his beer. My beer is actually on the other side of that wall that is behind me, like showing you any TV secrets. Uh, the fact I'm not wearing like slacks or uh, jeans, I'm wearing sweats today. Besides, a very nice polo. <laughs> I did the TV trick today to be comfortable. Um, by the way, yeah. let me just say a real quick shout-out. I want to thank um, uh, Kevin Connors at ESPN. My boy. Uh, he got behind the scenes and said, Dave, anything I can do to help you? He made sure to tweet out to everybody about the show today. And while it may not have resulted in a ginormous boost, uh, it meant a lot to me that Kevin would, would do that. Kevin is a former basketball player at Ithaca. Um, and uh, as many people would know, he was on the show last year, actually, this marathon. Uh, I did see if maybe he, I, I asked if he had watched or was watching the show in the uh, uh, in the um, offices and or uh, on the set, and uh, he didn't reply. So I'm suspecting um, he either didn't see it or 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 he's just being kind to me. Uh, no, Kevin. Um, Kevin's a friend of mine. He's a great guy. I've never forgotten his Division Three roots. So. Absolutely. Um, actually, he made a great joke. There was some. I want to say there was some top play. Or some random play that they showed, I think on a on a. I don't think it was Ithaca's court. I think it was somewhere else, but it was a court that it, he would have played on. And he made a comment about playing on that court, but not playing well. Yes. <laughs> so it was nice to hear some comment from Sports Center, to say the least. Um, let's see here. What a motley crew here. Sean King, you are exactly right. Trending uh, downward, trending field now. Not Comiskey anymore. Yeah, it's not Comiskey anymore. Either yeah. way, it's not yeah. a great. I don't like the place anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, it'd be kind of like asking a Cleveland, like going down to see the Cincinnati Red Stadium. That's that's what we're getting comments on now that we got this we field name wrong. Is yeah, that well. <laughs> um, oh, Chris Mitchell wants to know what's the M stand for on Ira's jacket, Mount Union. 
Yeah, we'll take the block M. I think that's Marquette. I was working. Mammoth. Okay, Mammoth. Yeah, I don't get any swag like that either. Not the D3. No, not the D3 Mammoth. That'd been a heck of a trip. It's the Monmouth that I can't get away from when I'm trying to update the scoreboard. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's the Jersey Shore Mammoth. That is one of the hardest ones to find on Google. Yeah, I agree with you. Central, that's the other one. Central's another one. And then uh, Cornell. Um, There's a couple like that. All right, guys. The hard is typing in Spalding basketball. I really thought that was hard to get to. Oh, look at that. Very nice. Very Chris nice. Mitchell, he's, yeah, he's Mitchell's watching. A big, Mitchell's a big Kipner. Yeah, very nice, sir. I've got a, I've got a couple of bobbleheads up there, by the way, on my thing. I've got Rick Dempsey, if you can believe it. Um, I got Kyle Bowler, if you can believe it. Uh, and then I got these. They came out with these cool Ravens fans, like iconic Ravens fans, like kind of like the Raiders have some I- iconic fans. They got a couple. Got them sitting up on the top shelf. What is that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> John Chaney. This is my oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's clearly this show is showing me I need to get a. If what everybody doesn't realize, by the way, these three can all see each other, and I can obviously see them, but they can't see me because the camera I use has to be dedicated to the production. Clearly, I need to get the second camera so everybody can see me. Um, so, uh, Ira, I got some bad news for your SOS. Oh boy! Uh oh! Uh oh! Brooklyn just beat Baruch in oh! overtime. So there's another SOS hit for you. Oh. <laughs> well, down goes the end jack. Down <laughs> the end jack. Uh, as, our, as our coach says all the time, just gotta if you don't want to uh, miss out on that large, just, just win it. Win the conference. Exactly. Well, that yeah. really is. That really could be a story, right? I mean, if if Ramapo <laughs> doesn't win the conference tournament and they're you know, twenty six and two, and their SOS is four seventy five. Lancaster Bible situation, right? I mean, could that really happen? I mean, it could. Rambo's good. I mean, I've <laughs> I, I wasn't really sure what to make of them because I didn't see them until January live. I uh, saw them in December. Yeah. Wow, they're good. I mean, we it, it took a complete game for us to be able to to, to beat them, I mean, because again, they're a high scoring team. You know, as Dave's alluded to, uh, you know, we're we're probably one of the better defensive teams in the country, but we're very streaky offensively. So to beat a team like that, that, that was a feather in our cap, and we have to go up there next week, and they're going to want some revenge. So uh, I, I don't see Ramapo, uh, if they get in the tournament, easy out. So hopefully they, you know. Hopefully, hopefully well, we have been down this road before. Hopefully. They haven't gotten out of the first game in about 20 years. Well, but even... That's what I'm saying is even getting that far. If they don't win the AQ with that SOS, yeah, I mean, are we sure trouble. that maybe even a two-loss team doesn't get a pool C? I can't recall that ever happening before. I've been around like 20 but years. Frank, Frank, SOS Frank, is- this is great. Okay, Frank Rossi, the football guy. Okay, ready? Ramapo is in with two losses regardless of SOS. Would anybody like to remind him of Lancaster Bible last year? Well, that's the thing is what would Lancaster Bible say about that? I mean, they're at... Rambopo's at 475 right now. Lancaster Bible was a 420, and if they had taken their only loss, they would have been out of the NCAA tournament. Imagine, imagine well, Ramapo. 420 and 475. I don't disagree, of, but we know, already have I, losses for Ramapo, whereas Lancaster Bible had no losses. That's well, what I'm saying is we're already adding into the into the problem here. And I don't Ryan, correct me if I'm not wrong. Not only do we have a below 667 Mendoza line for win loss. 
The men's committee has been pretty famous at not bringing anybody underneath 500 for SOS, too. They have never taken somebody under for the men's since they've been using this formula. Um, and so, it was we were even worried about Hope last year because they were real close. Exactly. And and Frank's saying the conference strength matters. We were talking about earlier, the NJX, and Ira, you told us, we thought it would be a stronger conference this year, and it's not as strong as we thought it was going to be. I think the biggest thing in the NJAC this year, you, you kind of figured there'd be three or four teams that would rise. weren't sure who they would be. I think the number of teams that are stuck in the middle is the biggest surprise. Yeah. And the, and the fact that Kane has struggled as much as they have. Absolutely. And I don't know how you do it. That would be if they could if they could develop some kind of metric for the conferences, you know, because because some things are a little uneven. I agree. I, I'm assuming the NJ round robin, so you guys are playing 18 yep. out of your 25 mm-hmm. games in conference. And how do you compare that to a to a team in a conference that maybe only plays, you know, 14 or 16 conference games, and they get? I mean, it's just. I, I, and like I said, I, I don't know how you do it, and I think that's a problem. Is nobody knows how you how you try and level yeah, the hard. field. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think there's coaches out this way that want to play less conference games, but I, mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time thinking administrators or people go for that. But I, I mean, I, I mean, the problem then is some schools have a problem completing a full schedule. I mean, I know with our, I, I help our coach. Uh, with his scheduling every year and I've seen the number of emails and contacts he reaches out to you know 150 to 200 schools a year just to get those eight other games in. hey I, I need one more team for a Christmas tournament so there you go you're in actually send me the dates we're looking for a tournament yeah we need we need one more we need one more uh, beginning of the season who I'm just letting Ira know there's no openings for the beginning of the season from my oh. point of view because there are no well, openings, period. Well, we're going to the Drew tournament next year, I know. So, um, um, By the way, Frank Frank says Terry you guys went to. Frank says, uh, Terry Small would pay someone to vi- visit if they left Ramapo out. Terry Small has been on the committee. Terry Small knows exactly what this is. Pa- Terry Small has been part of the committee that has not allowed a team in below a 500 SOS and below a 667 winning lo- win-loss percentage. We've been here we know our, our 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 dynamics here. This is this is real. I'm shocked at the SOS number because I really had high confidence here, and it worries me because I thought the hey, I've been with you. I think the NJAC is the top two teams are good this year. Um, well, and that that's going to be the ultimate haves versus have-nots, right? I mean, absolutely. If this eventuality happens and a Ramapo gets in, you know that one loss Lancaster by. Really, we'll have some questions. Absolutely, absolutely agree <laughs> with you. And by I, the way, I think the top three teams are good. I don't think well, people real realize no, how it, good Eric, Eric Murdoch Jr., the the point guard for TCNJ, is, and how good Bobby Brackett are. Those two guys are sensational. You can't. The tough thing with going back is that the committee, the people, change every year. So oh yeah, 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 sure. To, different oh, yeah. people. But, no, no. He just yeah, means com- he. Just, you know, I know what he's saying. He's basically saying, you know, geez, you know. You know, we've gone away from it. And I, listen, the women have let in sub 500s. Um, McDaniel, uh, two uh, two years ago with two losses with a 450-ish or sub 450-S. But there were a lot of people even who second-guessed that who were on the committee saying, well, maybe we didn't make the right decision there. We maybe sent the wrong message. Um, it's tricky. And with two extra bids, I'm hoping, you know, maybe they start. Now, here's another evolution that we should also stick to, and this is where Lancaster Bible comes in. Two years ago, Jeff Burns says, listen, we got this 
the two game ratio. If there's 0.03 difference in the SOS, we can equate it to two games. The easiest way of saying that is if there's a team with 14 and two who is a 0.03 worse than the um, 16 and f- and uh, I'm sorry, the the uh, 12 and four team, they consider them even. Um, and he said, but once it gets to 0.06 to two to four and 0.09 to six, it gets murky, and we and we don't like following that. Last year, they basically said there was a direct line. That you could go as far out as 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 nine games or uh, .09 being six games and so on, and I didn't like that. At least, uh, Kev uh, uh, Vanderstreek has indicated .03 to two is is good. .06 to four is okay, but gets fuzzy. But after that, it starts to fall off. So you know that's well, where the end jack may benefit. If their SOS is significantly off, they may start going, listen, let's go look elsewhere. This isn't going to answer our question. We aren't going to get data here. Let's go look elsewhere. And that may give these teams a chance to get in. mentioned before, you know, it's there is some inequality with leagues across the country playing different schedule, uh, you know, twice around, two divisions, stuff like that. Maybe going forward, we look for some kind of a system when determining an SOS where you throw out your top three games. And you throw out your bottom three. Uh, that gets tough, but it's an interesting idea. But it's tough because then you're punishing the team to go out there who tried to schedule around or, their conference or create a conference SOS with just non-conference games. That's an interesting idea. I've heard that one. I like so that take, one. Take take your take all your conferences non-conference games and plug them into the SOS formula and, and develop an SOS number for your league. And here's another one that they discussed. Um, Throwing as a secondary criteria or even primary criteria, what is your non-conference SOS? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, okay, we, we, we're we into this. We understand what the scenario is. What was your non-conference? Gosh, that was getting, that. By the time you're getting to this, you've already gone through, Oh yeah. you know, uh, maybe common opponents, uh, yep. you know, all kinds of – you've gone probably 10 deep into data points. and uh, Ira, Ira can help – Going back to my committee experience it, with a different sport, when I, that's really what we were doing was going through the whatever six primary and six secondary yeah. and just literally counting, well, this school has one, two, yep. is ahead in three, this other school's ahead only in two, and trying to pick those things out. That's so, when you're splitting So hands. I know what the committee's trying to do. You're trying to find more data points yep. to compare two teams to. Frank asks, you know, what they'll they'll eventually get back to 500. But Ira, you can tell it, it's not like New Jersey City has that many great games left against opponents that are going to help drag that SOS up. Um, but on top of that, and here's an interesting idea that's out there as well that I'm, I've started to to get feeling back from. One idea I've heard from a former committee chair is stop calculating the SOS before the conference tournament season starts, and the reason being. NJCU and Ramapo are only going to get hurt in the conference tournament because they're going to play teams with sub SOS numbers that they have no to play. Whereas those lower and middle teams in the conferences benefit because they're going to play the better SOS numbers. And in reality, the top teams in some conferences could accidentally play themselves out because they hurt their SOS. Which was exactly the argument why yeah. on our league on the women's side, you went to the went double round. A double, a double buy and a single buys to kind of protect to protect the first and second place team from that. But they play now. They play one less. Now they play potentially two less games. Uh, so Frank, the OOWP does not do that in practice. Um, 
it's diluted in conferences with too many league games. No, the OWP doesn't actually give the non-conference SOS. It, 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 you know, it, it, no, it, it doesn't really do that because the OWP is also part of your conferences opponents and and that's why it's not it doesn't you literally need a separate sos but anyway i i cut somebody off well i I don't know if we're done with this we got some more score updates too your harden simmons lost in overtime tonight dave so well there goes my sleeper caltech is ahead of cms in the second half right now nice they're a good so, team. When we're done, everybody can switch over to that feed and, and watch the end of the go. You're starting it early. You're starting your Actually, early. to be honest with you, Caltech was funny. Earlier today, they said capping a big day of D3 hoops tonight, one of two top 25 games versus number 15 CMS at 7 p.m., uh, 10 p.m. I should say 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern. Immediately follows Hoopsville 12-hour marathon. I almost thought, yes, we're the 12-hour pregame before Caltech versus Claremont Scripps. He's obviously never been part of happy hour. <laughs> no, he has not. And by as- the way, Lenny, you know, you know, uh, you know, you're an SID when you hear CMS and you think content, oh, management, content system. management system. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's a fair point. Claremont Mud Scripps. Um, first is content management. Yeah, Claremont well, Mud. That that means that means you haven't visited Claremont Mud Scripps. Should I? Oh, it's great. Oh, it's, it's great. A, you should see their new basketball arena. Yeah. Actually, they have it online. You can check it out online. By the way, did you guys hear earlier, $63 million new facility for River Falls is going to be open next year. Wow. Wow. $63 million. Now, it also, that, Roanoke just they, opened a $25 million one. Now, you know, where do they get the money from? Is that? Yeah, I don't know. Is that Scott Walker. fundraising? Yeah, they've got a website, to be honest with you. There's probably some information on their site. I just, I'm, I, I'd have well, to read it. Well, it's a state it. school, so I'm sure there's some state funding. I'm sure there's some state funding kicking in. So, yeah, you, you, sometimes. But I know in our situation, we've been wanting to build a new outdoor facility for you know, 10, 15 years at this point. We have these really great plans, but it's expensive. Yeah, no. And no. For, and there's, I know in New Jersey, we don't have the funding. Yeah. Well, it's surprising Wisconsin would have the funding considering all the things. So I, I, you know, they. I, check real quick see if it indicates uh maybe how they they raised it without me get diving into it too much uh 162,300 gsf building grand square free i don't know what gsf stands for um yeah he says giving opportunities um learn more about the financial impact so I suspect they probably got a, a sizable donation for it. I'm sure there's some fundraising along with probably. I'm sure there's some. There's probably some a combination of both. Yeah. Probably a combination. I mean, if there's a uh, wealthy sponsor out there right now, when they're done donating to Hoopsville, would love NJCU building a new outdoor facility. Uh, give us a call. Somebody <laughs> says the YAC should be D2 with their resources. That's so far not the truth. Um, that's like the argument that Mount Union should go up to D2 because they win football games. Um, gross square feet. Thank you, Larry. Um, yeah, no, everyone thinks Wyack has all this, all this, all these resources and forget that the governor has been infamous for cutting their budget. Um, they've heck, done a good job of getting booster money, right? They've yeah, got a lot they have booster monies that help a lot. A lot of those, a lot of those schools. Get it, some oh, the money. other, the other thing, Ryan, the other thing too, no division two school. Well, one division two school in the whole state. Yeah, right. that's true. And do we really want to go down this road? Because the UAA. Um, all have 
multi-billion dollar endowments. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go down the road that the WIAC has all the resources, I'd be happy to start talking about the private schools in Division Three that have a ton of resources as well. So, hey, 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 well, yeah, well, I mean, well, if, if money I mean, that's for, the truth. For the issue, am I everything every year, right? Absolutely. I mean, and the UAA would dominate. Right. Caltech. And exactly. We're going off the rails. So we're going to wrap this one up. Mount Union has a D1 SID. Now that's someone who's kissing up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sean King. Sean King is kissing up to Lenny. Right. This is ridiculous. I will not stand for it on my. (laughs) Um, I'm the president-elect. That's what happens when you're the president-elect, Dave. That's, yeah, they're uh, nicely done. You're right. You make, are president-elect. Make, this is true. Sports Info great again. <laughs> <laughs> have I you noticed released you, your tax returns, though? Yeah, could you question. please release your tax returns? And do you, you have small. I was working on them. You don't want to Lenny, can I see your hands? They look a little small. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it up on that. It's going to be get... huge. It's going to be huge. Not <laughs> just me. Not just me personally. It's going to be huge. <laughs> Ah, that's awesome. Well Just done, gentlemen. All right. For, practice what? for the 14 seconds left. Claremont Mud Scripts is up five points. Oh, I was hoping for a Caltech upset. That had been. I'm nice. actually, uh, I'm actually disappointed here by Amherst Endowment. It's only, only 2.2 billion. <laughs> only 2.2 billion. You know what the funniest thing is in well, the Centennial? You know who's got the biggest endowment? Hopkins. Well, besides uh, Hopkins. Besides Hopkins. It's, <laughs> besides it's Bryn, Hopkins. It's Bryn Mawr. Think That's about that. It, no, it's Bryn Mawr. Think about that Johns for a second. Hopkins, three point four billion. Um, D three programs. With... If you go, if you go onto the NESCAC message boards, it's not about what the size of your endowment, is, what percentage it grew last year. That's, no, the that's real, true too. That's, that's the absolutely real, uh... the truth. Yep. All right, we are we are jumping off the rails, so we're gonna get going here, uh, guys. I'll give you all a chance uh, for a final thought before we sign off and uh, be on our way before for the final few weeks. Oh. Uh, uh oh, what happened? Cal- Caltech airballed the three. It was pretty ugly. Oh geez. Uh, apparently, they <laughs> did not calculate are. the trajectory on that properly. Uh, um, it was a perfect trajectory. It was just like a foot to the left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan, I'll start with you. Final thoughts, sir. Uh, well, just thanks for having me. It's been fun. I feel a little more this year that I've, <laughs> I've been covering the whole nation. Um, uh, just. Glad to, to talk D3 and to be a part of, of a group of people who really like to celebrate student-athletes. Uh, give to the Hoopsville Drive. Uh, watch what we do. There are really a lot of great writers and regional coverage. Um, even if it's not your region, they're, they're really putting some great stuff up there. So, so check it out. That's a good point. Uh, let's go up to Ira. Well, I'd like to thank Dave for giving me a reason to download the Skype app today. For the there we go. Time in years. You're welcome. Um, I mean, you know, first of all, you're obviously, I think it's very tough, uh, you know, for us in, in the SID realm because we're in crossover season and we got spring sports going on at the same time as winter sports. But if you love college basketball, this is the time of year that you, you, you really live for this time of year, especially if, you know, if you got some good teams because you've been working all year for these moments. And now you got, you know, three strong weeks of, of regular season games leading up to the conference tournaments and it's a lot of fun and you know it's it's cool to see uh you know just the 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 college and and the students get behind uh the team as they uh, gear up for the postseason but on a on a personal note again i 
I think I always thought to, to tell you is I think you're crazy for going on the air for uh, 27 hours straight here. <laughs> but thank you. Um, I, I personally truly appreciate it. Uh, everything you do for us. I know, you know my colleagues do and uh, get some sleep. Yeah, well, that's a <laughs> pipe dream. Uh, but thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Lenny, I'll, I'll leave the, the last one to you. Uh, well, you know, it's hard to top what's already been said. But, I mean, I, I think, you know, we've had, you know, Ira and I both have been in the business for pretty much 20 years and most and almost all of it, in my case, in Division Three, And and I think really it's people that uh, really separate this division from the other two divisions I've been at you know, division one and division two schools as well. And, and, uh, people like you and Ryan and other people that, uh, do such a great job covering. Yes, we, we are old <laughs> that do such a great job covering these things and just some great stories. And, and, uh, today, you know, I think one of the cool things about this show is who, you know, you get to see, uh, and hear from people, you know, like a bill Nelson that maybe people don't know that. I mean, what a great story and what a great interview. And then, and then obviously, Lori Wynn for all the stuff mm. that she's going through to to be able to give an interview. I think that tells you how far this thing has come. You know, we were talking earlier, you know, I, I was there from the very beginning yeah. of this show. And <laughs> and to imagine that uh, it's still going on and has gone so far and done so much with what uh, what you guys have done. And, and like I said, Ira and I were there. The sites all started and... And uh, it's something that Division Two doesn't have, and and even the NAI doesn't have to to, the, to this extent, and the and the way things are done. And so and so you guys um, deserve a tremendous a lot of credit. And I know there's a lot of SIDs that have helped uh, make all that stuff Absolutely. happen. Absolutely, it's been, it's been really neat. But there's just there's some really great stories out there. So, you know, some of us, whether it's voting on a top 25 or in my case being on a Player of the Week committee where you get to see some things outside your area. And there's just an incredible amount of great stories and great people and great campuses. So obviously, if you're still watching at this point, you're somebody that's a diehard <laughs> Division Three fan anyway, so we don't have, we're preaching to the choir here. But it's definitely encouraged people to come out and see. I tell people all the time, once you see the quality of a game on our campus, it'll look a lot closer than what people think they see on TV and other things. Um, so, you know, I, I'm always thrilled to be a part of Division Three, and, and a day like today really makes you feel great about being part of Division Three because, like I said, you get to hear from all these great coaches and players and people that make this division what it is. And and, uh, and this is the best time of year. You know, we're, yep. we're at the time of year. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see great games. You're going to see uh, seniors with a sense of urgency to go out there and play for the last time. You're going to see coaches – um, working even harder than they work all year long and, and get to see some great games. So uh, it's really getting into the fun uh, fun time of year, and I hope everybody enjoys it. Yeah, if well people said. are still watching, they're either uh, hard or they're waiting for one of us to pick up the phone and call the Australian Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Couldn't avoid right. it, could you? Prime Minister. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go to a single cam. You guys will still be able to hear me. Um, but I want to thank everybody who made this show possible as always. Lenny said it sports information directors are for me when I email out and say, Hey, I'd love to have your coach on the show. The coach can respond. So can the SID and the SIDs have been huge on this program. I also want to thank, of course, the WBCA and the NABC, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. They've been tr tremendous. And to have the opportunity to talk to 
Montague or a Reggie Minton uh, about what those organizations do and support Division Three. I want to thank the staffs at those departments and the coaches in Division Three who've been so helpful to get our relationships with those two organizations set as well. I'd love to thank all the guests. Uh, as, uh, you don't see it on air, but uh, Ira just you, Dave. Thanks, Ira. Um, you know, again, it, everybody who helped come on the show who are guests, I can't name them all. You see the guest list on our page. I want to thank all of our guests for coming on as well, including, hey, Duncan Robinson was on the show. Thanks, Michigan, for helping set that up. It only took us a year and a half. Um, but it was nice to talk to Duncan about the experience of playing in D1. Uh, thank all of you for tuning in. Per certainly appreciate it as well. Don't forget about the Hoopsville fundraiser. I sound like public television. It's a little hard for me to do that. But thank you for those who contributed so far. It's up for a month. Uh, it is a way to keeping us on the air, to be blunt. We don't make money doing this. And uh, there's a lot of money spent doing this and a lot of time spent, meaning not making money somewhere else doing this so please consider helping us stay on the air i certainly appreciate it thanks everybody who decorates our studio uh we will be redecorating it in the next few weeks the new things that have arrived and found ways to hang them up and we'll try and update that a couple quick uh programming notes before i finish my thank yous third sunday's show super bowl sunday we will be on the air but not at seven o'clock we will not compete against the commercials uh we will be on the air at uh, probably one or two o'clock we'll let you know tomorrow once we start getting set on that schedule also in i believe it or not three and a half weeks we'll be on the air with our selection special now expect something like we'd finished tonight with with a couple people coming on via skype and we make our selections we've only missed four selections in men's and women's basketball in the last two years and we're not going to you know stop being uh you know those experts and trying to figure out who makes the field in the future that is in three and a half weeks and then the matchup uh bracket the following day as we talk NCAA tournament. And then Ryan mentioned it, and we talked a little bit about it. We'll have our whip-around shows in the first uh, two rounds of the NCAA tournament. Now that both <laughs> NCAA tournaments are at 64 full-team fields, uh, we will have that as well. My other thank yous certainly go out to the staff at D3Hoops.com, Gordon, Ryan, Pat, and the rest, who all certainly helped me do this show uh, and give me the support to do it. Uh, and also, of course, to my family, my wife, my, my son, and my daughter, my daughter who apparently developed an ear infection today, uh, I was sound asleep when I went up to say hello to her. I want to thank them for their support. They are the ones who are crazy enough to let me do be crazy enough to do this show. Does that make any sense? Uh, I want to thank them. And, of course, we do it out of my own house, and they're quiet when I'm on the air, which is the other amazing thing. So I want to thank them for their support. We've got a lot of Hoopsville, a lot of Division Three basketball, a lot to talk about between now and the end of the season. We're not done. This is just a way of kicking it off. We've got shows on Sundays and Thursdays at 7 o'clock, except for Super Bowl we got a plenty of teams to still talk to. we got plenty of conference races to talk about. And we got to figure out who's in and who's out of the NCAA tournament with regional rankings coming out on Wednesday. This is the best time of year to do that. We love doing that. Ryan, love the kitten. That's awesome. We love doing this. Join us on the air. Tell your friends to join us because if you want to talk about Division Three basketball, you've got Hoopsville. It's that simple. And for those of you who tune into the podcast, that's another way you can enjoy the show as well. That's it. We're getting off the air 14 hours after we went on the air with this crazy idea of doing this show for four years. And guess what? We're back for a fifth next year. I promise you that. That's it for us. Thank you for me on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you once again to the D3Hoops.com. The city of Salem, by the way, thanks to Harry, Harry Harvey Cutter and the rest there sponsoring our hotline and, of course, WBC and NABC. That's it for the marathon this year. We'll be back on Sunday afternoon for our Super Bowl special. 
That's our pregame to the Super Bowl. You should join us too. Good night, everybody. We'll see you back here on Sunday and throughout the rest of the basketball season. I hope you enjoyed it. We did enjoy the last month of the season, everybody.